Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Murder Board Podcast. I'm your host, Walter. And tonight, I am joined with Shelton. Hello. Zaria. Hey. And back for season five, Nolan. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. It's great to hear your voices again. Tonight, we are starting a new series, something I am super duper excited about. (laughs) Speaking of super, we're talking superheroes again. We're starting our little X-Men series. We're the first X-Men movie, so if you haven't seen this movie, this is your spoiler warning. And if you have, I hope you enjoy our little show here. But yes, I've been screaming about this. I've been planning this for a long time, but I really wanted to start talking about the X-Men. We have done the X-Men before, just in a different movie. We did New Mutants like a while, a while back, and... None of us liked it <laughs> at all. So, but it was still a fun conversation to have. But I, I went through most of like the introductory stuff about X Men. But I'm probably gonna reiterate a lot of stuff here just because this is an official podcast talking about the X Men. But before we get started, got before I start, you know, rambling on, I want to turn it to you guys. First of all, Nolan, welcome. It's been a been a good minute since we've heard you on the podcast. Yeah, I don't even know when the last one I did was. I think it was literally last year. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, Sheldon, welcome back as well. Thank you. I had a little vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Everyone went on holiday, except for Nolan. He's been working his ass off, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so, um, my first question of the night is what are your overall thoughts on the X-Men as a comic book superhero property? We've talked a lot of superheroes on this podcast. We've talked a lot of Batman, Joker, The Flash a little bit, uh, Teen Titans even. Uh, We've done a lot of DC apparently. (laughs) Uh, But we've even talked about The Incredible Hulk and Daredevil. So Nolan, you get the first first go around here. What is your overall opinion on the X-Men as a comic book property? Uh, comic book wise, I don't really read that much, but I feel like when you think of superhero movies, you're always like, oh, the Avengers, like the whole get together. But like X Men, I think started it all, even if it wasn't as good as the Avengers movie, like and all like the kind of like leading up to it as was, like Iron Man and all that stuff, like hyped up really high. I think X Men was still a good like story to follow along with and maybe at the end of like their little trilogy or whatever they call it uh it was kind of getting a little eh i still think the beginning movies are definitely up there especially i I mean watching it the other day it's just like their fight choreography is like a little eh but like you know this is back in 2000 so (laughs) somehow still better than daredevil which we discussed (laughs) all right (laughs) Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, do you have any like prior feelings about the X Men beforehand, like even before the movies, or do you just think of the movies? Um, well, actually, I another thing about it, like when I was a kid, I probably used to watch like the animated one, like really old. Um, that one was always fun to watch, but I mean, besides that, I I don't know if the X Men are my favorite. They might be like my second favorite, I guess. In terms of like groups. <laughs> all right, all right, cool, cool. Shifting over to Zarya, um, DC uh, queen around here. The but shifting over to the Marvel universe, 
Uh, how do you feel about the X-Men? What's your overall opinion and prior, you know, knowledge, if you have any? The only prior knowledge I had was really um, Wolverine. And um, like like what Nolan has said, oh, like, yeah, when you think of like Marvel, you think of like the Avengers. And so this was pretty, at least with this movie, uh, the tone of this movie was kind of like different than like um, any Avengers movie. And it was kind of a little refreshing. Like I did not hate it oh no i'm I'm really trying to figure out how to phrase this um i don't like i liked it the overall movie overall the what we're talking about the movie or just overall just like overall like you know them as characters comic book stuff like prior knowledge and pop culture uh, comic book wise i have zero knowledge of them just besides the stuff that you might have brought like you brought up in conversations that we've had, I know about Storm. He's <laughs> black, so yeah. What to say? <laughs> oh man, that would be the reason. Yes, that that is the reason, and um, and then Wolverine because I don't know. I guess when I was younger, like a lot of the little boys, like Wolverine, he was a man with. Eyes. so that was pretty cool to like <laughs> nine-year-olds um, <laughs> um but yeah my knowledge of them is very very little almost none oh wow okay hopefully i can shift you over i know you're not that big of a marvel person but hopefully i can shift you into loving this area of the marvel universe shelton i saved you for last because I honestly don't know what you're going to say because you are the closest Uh, to me. (laughs) And I know you've been around for me ranting about the X-Men for many, 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 many years. But to you, sir, what is your overall thoughts on the X-Men and what's your prior knowledge or relationship with these characters in the pop culture zeitgeist? uh, I generally like the X-Men. I feel like it's an interesting cast of characters that's fairly large. The storylines are really good. It does a good job at like not being childish, but not taking itself too too seriously all the time. And uh, what's it called? I think I started way back in the day, like how Nolan said the um, anime series for X Men, like on WB and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It was so dramatic. <laughs> but it, it was it was great. And then of course this X Men watched way way back when. And then first class and um, what do we call it? Days of Future Past. I stopped before like Apocalypse or whatever it is. But oh, yeah. And then New Mutants is disappointing. And we don't even talk about X Men Origins Wolverine. Cool, cool. Yeah, I was trying to think earlier today. Like, like I know I've like yelled about the X Men plenty of times with Shelton <laughs> around, and I'm like, did we go see an X Men movie together? Because I've seen a few of them in theaters. I know I saw Dark Phoenix by myself. Because I'm a big yeah. fanboy. Um, yeah, I think we saw Deadpool, but like the weird story about that is you, you saw Deadpool when it came out. I didn't see Deadpool until like three weeks later, and I was so hyped for it that you and were you like, You saw Deadpool 2 so early, and I never watched it. Yes. So that weird like crisscross happened, but I remember just like dragging you and Ben to see Deadpool again after Ben had saw it like three times at that point. Mm-hmm. And you had saw it like twice, maybe. 
and I was like, well, this is my first time watching it. I need friends. And I got there, and I, after the movie ended, y'all were like, well, and I'm like, I don't think I liked it that much. Oh, yeah, and we started yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, yeah, I yeah, saw Deadpool 2 when it first came out, and I love Deadpool 2. Like, that's definitely, and again, more, and I hope it makes more sense as we go on, but I like Deadpool more, and I got to say this before people start ranting at me or, you know, canceling me again, but I prefer Deadpool 2 because it feels more like an X-Men movie. Like, it feels more how the X-Men are in the comic books, just with Deadpool headlining instead of another character. Rather, the first Deadpool is just purely for Deadpool fans. Like, there's some nods, but that is for people who like that character. I am was never the biggest Deadpool character, and as of this movie, we will get into everything, but I'm not very much the biggest fan of Wolverine either, but besides all that, I, I do prefer Deadpool 2. We will cover Deadpool at some point on this podcast, but as you can see, the way I have everything set up is that I wanted to start the X-Men, and when it comes to the X-Men, you kind of want to figure out how to do it, because it's kind of like Star Wars or even the MCU, where it's like, well, where do I start? You know, with the MCU, you start with Iron Man, or you can jump around and go in timeline order, which that'll bring you to, what, Captain Marvel first, maybe? Or Captain America first Avenger? I don't know. But for me, when it comes to the X-Men, there are several different ways to watch these movies and still get most of what's happening. But I think if I'm introducing it to people, you just got to go in theatrical release order just because there are things that become explained and retconned later on because the X-Men continuity is not that tight at all. They kind of just do whatever. Um, but we'll we'll save that for when we get into X2 and X3. But uh, man, the X-Men. Um, just some basic knowledge on people out there who may or may not know too much about the X-Men, but uh, the X-Men are a superhero team uh, appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. Uh, creator, artist, slash co-plotter Jack Kirby and writer-editor Stan Lee are the creators of the X-Men. Uh, the first team appeared in X-Men number one on September 1963, although it was initially canceled in 1970 due to low sales. Following its 1975 revival, uh, a subsequent direction under writer Chris Chris Claremont, it became one of the most recognizable and successful franchises in the Marvel comics. Um, And then, yeah, so that's kind of just the generalness of it. I think when it comes to comic books, for me personally, when I read comic books, the X-Men were the ones that caught my eye the most. That's why I normally say, like, they're my favorite I don't really, I don't like to say they're my favorite superhero because it's a literally a team of people like so I'm like it's my favorite comic book though like anything that I can think of back when I was younger far far back when I was reading comic book, comic books at libraries and stuff the X-Men were the ones that I loved the most and then right after that would be like Spider-Man after that would be Teen Titans and then further so on and so on and so on um and then yeah I do have a memory of this first movie it is probably my oldest memory or one of my oldest memories but um i don't remember when this movie came out because i was a toddler (laughs) i was what three years old maybe two um but i do remember early enough seeing this movie as a child at my cousin's house in ohio it was probably like i think it was like late at night i just remember the room being very dark and there was just one tv and it may have been dvd it may have been on tv but they were playing it I just have vivid memories of just watching it while everybody else was asleep around me. And the rest is history. I just always gravitated towards the X-Men 
they're just i find them very cool very very diverse and very just uh my my style of storytelling i love ensemble pieces i love many characters that can bounce off each other really well not to say mm-hmm. i don't like solo characters i do you know again spider-man the flash but the x-men just that camaraderie that community and the fact that it's kind of like I guess going back to the roots of just me liking high school dramas, it's literally a school filled with people who could do things, but the main story is always some kind of like love triangle or some kind of insecurity issue. It's just some kind of... It's just way too many personalities all in one spot. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And all of them at the same time, and it works. Yeah, it's, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Now... Yeah, it does work, but sometimes it doesn't, and uh, we can point that out. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man! So, um, but yeah, when it comes to the X Men, as far as comic books go, you get the main ones. You get Stanley and Jack Kirby. They're the ones that created it. They're the ones that kind of started the Marvel universe with Fantastic Four, Spider Man, blah 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 blah. But um, the X Men, as I was reading earlier, they didn't really become popular until the seventies, and that is when Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler were added in. Um, and Colossus, all of the more recognizable, colorful characters were added in. Kitty Pride, late 70s, um, and that's where you get a bulk of their storylines from that to the 90s, I want to say. And then the thing, the interesting thing about the X-Men, the reason I was saying all that is because I do know, and I am mature enough to acknowledge that the X-Men aren't, I feel the X-Men are very undervalued, like they're very underrated, and they they have their fans, trust me, the X-Men community is very strong, it's like, if I were to compare it to something, it is kind of similar to the Scream, like, to, to the Scream fandom, but the thing is, you don't hear a lot about it, they're very small, and I'm like, ah, if people just knew the dedication yeah. people have to these characters, they would, you were, it would be the same impact as Scream 5, that Scream 5 did, it would have the same, like, impact but we're just waiting on our we're just waiting on that that you know moment i think and i I don't know we'll discuss the mcu stuff a little later but uh yeah i was about to say that that's one of my biggest like gripes is you know a lot of the x-men's adventures or a lot of things that they do they end up joining them in on other people doing things yeah and it's like without that (laughs) <laughs> they can only do so much they only have so many solo arcs <laughs> that's the thing they have plenty of them my thing is that like i was saying the x-men uh they have their moments like again they they were they came out in the late 60s but they didn't do so well but they resurfaced in the 70s and they did really well and then the 80s they had some up and down the 90s i think is where the x-men really hit their peak again with the cartoon but then adding characters like deadpool and kind of doing all these spinoff with everybody got a solo comic and then they fizzled out again, and then the movie came out, and then the X-Men hit, her, hit their stride in the early 2000s, and then Civil War happened, and then the X-Men just kind of, like, Wolverine literally became an Avenger. Scar- Scarlet Witch became an Avenger, uh, an Avenger, and so the X-Men were down again, and then the Ultimate Universe was born, and the X-Men were kind of an essential part of the Ultimate Universe, and then they fizzled out again with Magneto literally flooding the entire world, and then Miles Morales was born and created and became Spider-Man, and the, again, the X-Men were just forgotten about. And then, you know, these the past couple, what, century or so, I want to say? Century, is that 100 years? No. Uh, the past, like, <laughs> decade, I, I should say, decade or more, uh, Marvel, as they were building their MCU, they did, they did the Fantastic Four and the X-Men very dirty because they were still owned by Fox. 
and this is before they did the Fantastic Four so dirty. Yeah, you know they literally stopped pro publishing Fantastic Four comics. Like they killed Johnny Storm, and then the Fantastic Four were no more for a long time. Like they weren't the they weren't characters for a while. I want to say for like five or so years, and around the time uh around the time Days of Future Past was about to come out, or maybe filming, but like around that time, you know, twenty fourteen ish. Yeah, the the Fantastic Four were gone, and it's funny because the movie would come out a year later, and they were gone still. Secret Wars, I think, is the only thing that brought the Fantastic Four back because they needed those characters. But the, the Marvel did not publish, and then they tried to they. The Marvel keeps trying to like replace the X Men as well. Like, where did the Inhumans come from? They were literally created to replace the X Men. They're they're literally just X Men who live on the moon. <laughs> like that's it. which like why why, <laughs> why? Yeah, exactly now we have the eternals the if you're i still keep up with comic book stuff in marvel for a good hot minute they're actually they're still doing it they, they've uh the x-men did have another jump again around 20 what when was i at target around 2018 ish 2017 around that that's, yeah yeah, around that time, the X-Men and comics got a major boost by Jonathan Hickman. That's the current run happening right now, or the, it has a lot of spinoffs, and I think he came back after leaving for a while. But his version of the X-Men is what's popular right now. But before that, or even at the beginning of that, Marvel was like, yeah, but we have the Eternals, and they're going to make a movie about them, so let's have them threaten to kill the X-Men. <laughs> and that's literally what happened. And they were like, yeah, we're the Eternals. We're going to wipe off all the mutants. Why? Because the writers want us to. <laughs> and so now they're fighting back hard. And it's like, well, the X-Men are good people now. And so it's it's a lot going on. Again, I could be wrong, but I'm keeping up with, like, major headlines. I, I haven't read anything. But I do know, like, they were up. They just have this up and down style of just being in the pop culture zeitgeist. And it's like... Come on, guys, give the X-Men a break. They, for the longest time in the early 2000s up until the early 2010s, their entire storyline was that, oh, we're dying. Scarlet Witch wished for no more mutants, and even when she fixed it, now all of them came back, and so we're there's a virus out there killing us. <laughs> so we have very little time to save the world, and the Avengers took over, and then the Phoenix Force came back, and oh, when the Phoenix Force came back, now Captain America cares, and they went and had the whole Avengers versus X-Men deal that happened which is a good story but it also ended up killing a lot of the x-men and wolverine again switched sides to the the avengers and i didn't like that at all so it, <laughs> you can see where i'm going from as a fan of these characters it's and a hot potato with them yeah story arc and i do feel like if you walk up to this random people in a post mcu world now it's like you ask them about the X-Men, they probably just think about the movies, but also as characters are like, eh, you get a lot of meh, you get a lot of, eh, I don't know much about them, or, you know, they're they're fine, and then Wolverine comes up, Magneto comes up, they're like the only two characters that people tend to care about, ah, but I do feel like the X-Men should have, honestly, if I'm being very honest, the X-Men should have, like, a Justice League level presence, like, I think the X-Men should oh, usurp the Avengers, even post- mcu because the x-men have so much history the avengers their whole deal is that they get together every couple of years to you know stop something and then they just kind of disband are organized. yeah that's what they have yes definitely and yeah it just kind of kills me a bit but i don't want to spend the entire thing being really butthurt about the x-men because i do love these <laughs> guys and this is kind of a celebration i want to talk about these these characters so so bad okay so 
overall thoughts. Um, X-Men are cool. I love the X-Men. You guys gave your thoughts. And we kind of delved. My second point was just to kind of dive into knowledge about the comics and TV shows and movies. So, uh, Zarya, I know you have you must have like a ton of questions. <laughs> um, so before I go to you, Nolan, back to you. You said you mentioned you watched the the old animated series. Have you watched? Do you remember any other animated series or things about the X Men that may come to mind as far as like coming up in the world? Uh, not really. I mean, I think I've like seen like some newer stuff. Like, like you're saying, like all these X Men, like meeting like Spider Man and all that stuff. Uh, a bunch of, like the new newer like spider-man games or some of the old like i guess not older but i guess they are older now but <laughs> yeah they, they would be now in 2023 where like people would like fight like uh venomized like uh x-men characters and stuff like that in the video games when you're spider-man stuff like that but i never i don't remember much about that it's been so long but uh, i do remember the animated series they got they got pretty extreme sometimes. I remember like they went to the whole future, and as a kid, you're like, "Damn, everyone's dead." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Whoop!" <laughs> All my favorite characters are dead. I think it was actually like, I think it actually became the intro like song to introduce it for a while because like yeah. it was like that season was all about the future and like, uh, the um, the robot and stuff like that. Yep, yep, you are totally right. The Sentinels, yeah, they were like the X Men. Always have a horrible future. It's kind of something I always liked, but also it's like, damn, they can't win either way. Days of Future Past. Yeah, like that—that's their future. Like anytime, like what's the best way to explain it? Because so Days of Future Past, that old comic book, we all know it's very Terminator. We'll explain it one day, even maybe if we get into it with this series, but like. The thing I'm trying to say is that even when they like change to fix that future, it always still happens in a variation. So like they stop the original timeline for Days of Future Past and they're like, okay, everything's cool. Boom, new timeline, cable, and the, the threat is much worse. And the cable's like, guys, what did you do? You fucked everything up. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean? We tried to fix it. And it's like, no, it's worse now. <laughs> and then they fix that timeline and boom, another one pops up. And oh, space robots. Okay. That's they're they're always enslaved and dead at the in their future. And it's like, wow, just that the future is always very bad for the X-Men. I'll just end it there. Um, Shelton, kind of the same question yeah. I asked, uh, Nolan, you know, do you remember, I mean, you mentioned watching the old cartoon, but you remember anything else like video games, you know, other TV shows or what, whatever. Yeah. X, a lot of like X-Men were in a lot of different games, whether they had story or not was kind of <laughs> random, but they, they were in tons of games <laughs> like, you know, Marvelous Capcom ultimate, um, or, yeah, something like that. It's a long ass fucking name. So, like a fighting game, they've had their own stories. They've been in Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which is like all of the Marvel characters together. They've been a lot of shit. In the comics, you know, they have they have tons of fucking stories. Absolutely. Some are just insane. <laughs> and then they cameo in a lot as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, I do remember playing a few games. I remember, I definitely remember like the old X two game. We'll probably save that for next time. But <laughs> oh, that man. there's a game from it was like on Xbox. It was like one of those periods where I just got into games very briefly. But 
there was an X-Men game following the events of X2. Um, and I remember the hardest level that was probably the first level, but you had to play as like Nightcrawler to rescue Storm who was trapped in a box. And if you know the character of Storm, fun fact for the character of Storm, but she has severe claustrophobia. And so if she's in a tight space, she freaks out and thus her powers she cannot con- control. Oh, I, I remember that. Uh, yeah she has like yeah you trap storm in a small space that's like her one weakness her powers come out of control so it's like yeah you stop storm but also you kind of doom the general area you're in so you better get the hell out of it really quickly <laughs> or else there's a lightning storm happening um but anyway cool 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 zarya going to you before we hit our last point and then we'll take our first break um i know you must have a lot of questions um and i want to save it for when we get into the movie but Okay. As of right now, do you have any general X-Men questions that are, you know, itching your brain right now as far as them as a comic book property or just a independent property as as overall? So are X so are mutants just kind of like metahumans like in how in DC has like metahumans like is it the same thing? So yes and yeah. no. Yeah. Okay, how is it not? What's the difference? So, well, let me try and remember how metahumans work. Metahumans, they're they're triggered, right? Like they're right. they just there's people with powers in in the metahumans, right? Yeah, uh, a lot of metahumans, like they uh, they're just people with abilities, but some... people, yeah, the people with a certain gene that usually is activated uh, in times of distress, like when they're blank, when they think they're about to die because they don't know that they are meta then it activates like if you're like in extreme distress that's when it activates oh okay so it's okay i have to remember because i'm like isn't metahumans just like when you're just in a certain circumstance and then that's essentially what it is okay well that's how that's how it's explained now yeah in the like how it is as of today that's what a metahuman is in dc okay so the x-men they like i said it's kind of yes and no so the x-men they're purely it's purely genetic it's uh it's a it's still a gene it's an x gene but it doesn't need a stressful situation or just a circumstance like you don't you don't need to be hit by lightning and then pushed into a bunch of chemicals or you don't need to be like holding down a boulder or holding up a boulder and then boom superpowers or you know shot with some kind of ray gun but in the x-men in the marvel universe you you're just born with this specific gene it's kind of like having a What's a non-threatening? Because the first thing that popped in my mind was sickle cell, and I was like, I don't want to say that. Uh, like you know, say you have you know wow. you have your your mother's eyes, your your eyes are blue. It kind of works like that. And so okay. this X gene can work two different ways. It, you can have it and it not activate, but you can pass it along. But if you do have it and it's powerful enough, it will activate no matter what, just when the body goes through puberty and is ready. So it usually triggers at around like. 15 16 sometimes and there are some cases where it will happen right at birth or a couple days after birth just depending on the type of mutant you are so for example uh uh cyclops his ability his ability didn't kick in until he was like 10 i think and that led to a very bad accident same jean gray her power didn't kick in until she was like i want to say like seven ish so it was young for her but uh same with charles he was like nine years old but for someone like uh, Nightcrawler or Mystique, right at birth, they were born. They just look like that. Same with uh, Colossus. I believe Colossus was born metal, <laughs> so I, that labor must have been really, really difficult <laughs> for his mother. 
Um, <laughs> I'm very, I don't even think about pushing a metal baby out of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it kind of works like that. It is a genetic gene and it'll activate no matter what, just depending on how, really just depending on how powerful you are. But like it, everyone gets an ability, but it's still like, if that makes sense, right? That Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So oh, wait, does she know my hero? Oh yeah. Do you know my hero academia? I don't have like a huge knowledge. I just have very, very, very surface level, like kiddie pool surface level. Do you know how people have quirks in that? Yes. Yes. Okay. So think, think that, but not as large of a scale. Yeah. Instead of like, um, the people with quirks or the mutants being super well known and super integrated into society, they're more of a newer thing until people are still they still don't know much about it and they're still kind of scared of it yeah keep in mind though like the reason the x-men exists is because stan lee just did not want to start did not want to keep coming up with origin stories for characters <laughs> so he was like what if they were just born with this shit <laughs> and that's kind of how it happened but still a great concept uh as it has developed as years gone by so but yeah they are just people you know, kind of like how we have they're they're considered a different race or the next step in evolution as these movies describe it. But kind of like how me and you have pigment is it pigmentation? What is our melanin? Kind of like how me and you have melanin in our skin. That's how mutants work. They just are born with a certain thing that's attached to them or an ability, and that is their mutation. Okay. Because I feel like like meta it's to separate it from metahumans is that like. Metahumans, it's more of like an it's like an it's a it's a defense mechanism, but right, like that's kind of how I read it as. But for mutants, it is just it just happens, like it's that's them. Okay, yeah, okay, that does make sense because there are there guests because there could be like some metahumans that never activate their metagene, so they just go on with life, mm-hmm. thinking that they're not meta, they're just human. Okay, yeah, that works. Yeah, that 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 clears it. Yep. Very overly long way of saying it, but yeah, that's and that's why I like it because you know, no matter who you are, if you're a mutant, you get such a you don't know what power you're gonna get, and it's really fun to see what you get, even down to the guy that like there's a guy in the comics that his whole entire thing is that he can just produce really big gold balls, <laughs> and they, they didn't know what to do with this character for the longest time, and then um recently, like I said in the recent reboot, reimagining. Uh, they figured out a way to use this guy's powers. Turns out he can bring people back from the dead by turning his gold balls into eggs. Like they're actually like they're actually eggs. So that's that's uh, the X Men are immortal. The X Men are immortal now. Last I read. Okay, so yeah. Um, last point I want to talk about here, and I'm really looking at uh Nolan here because I think you're you're still keeping up with the MCU, right? You're still good with the MCU. Um. Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last movie I watched. It, it's funny because Thor, but I watched it on the the app. Wait, which one? Love and Thunder. Uh, Thor, Love and uh, Thunder. Or is, I don't know about there's it. a, pod, oh, there's yeah, a yeah, podcast yeah. I listen to. They call they call it Thor Four: Grab Ass and Cancer. <laughs> Just... Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna see. Uh... Guardians of the Galaxy, definitely. But I heard it was really good. Yeah, people keep telling me it's good. Um, but it's yes. like the conclusion. The end of a trilogy. I'm just tired of James Gunn, honestly. But 
Uh, I'm, I'm oh. feeling it because like, like this I don't know. I'm because he he over here at DC making these people mad, and then there's some people who are just like completely on him. And I'm just like, yeah. I just want to, I just want to see this first movie, and then I'll give mm-hmm. like my then I'll give like my for sure stance on James Gunn. Because right now it's just like I'm trying to be hopeful, but. Yeah, I used to like the guy, know. and then he came out with. I didn't like this. I didn't like his Suicide Squad. I just didn't. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> it's just too many jokes. I did like Peacemaker I don't know though. about with these with these new Peace movies. If we make these DC movies too funny, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. But the thing is, like, I'm. I guess we're sliding sliding into DC stuff here. Um. I am interested in what he does with Superman because I do like the fact that James Gunn does genuine like wholesomeness. Like he does know how to process human emotion. But other than that, I'm just like, I'm kind of tired of <laughs> all the jokes and the the crude humor. Back to my question. Uh Nolan, starting with you, the X-Men are going to be folded into the MCU. What would what would you like to see? Would do you have any opinion on that at all? Oh, sorry, voice crack. Do you have any opinion on that at all? Oh, wait, on on what? And doing it on just the the X Men coming into the to the MCU. Uh, I I like you said. I don't know if I want to see too much crossover. I mean, it would be cool, like if they did like another Civil War kind of thing. But they, I don't know if they if they mixed it with like the Secret Invasion storyline at all, where like they think they're actually bad, like you know, like 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 the reason the the X Men might attack like the Avengers is because like there's Skrull already infiltrating both sides, which would be pretty cool. And then they start like kind of like their own little like war. Don't know what they're gonna do. I don't I don't know if they're gonna do it right. I have hope, but. <laughs> Recent films have been uh, <laughs> lacking. Oh yes, yeah. I was trying to tell everybody like the the MC's kind of going downhill. All right, um, Shelton, you're up with the MCU still a, a little bit. Do you have any mm. thoughts on the MC- on the X Men coming into the MCU? I'm definitely interested to see how that works, but I hope they don't make it too goofy. Because yeah. Thor: Love and Thunder was the goofiest Marvel movie they've made yet <laughs> in a long is time it? in a long time uh, I guess you haven't seen Ant-Man yet still so <laughs> oh the, the quantum mania yeah oh uh, yeah no yeah yeah uh, I'm kind of getting tired of super silly Marvel same here same here same thing here uh, I'm just I have my reser- I've always had my reservations on the X-Men joining the MCU. I for the longest I was like, ooh, let them join, let them fight the Avengers or let the let it connect. And then after a while I, I really after around what Spider-Man Homecoming and you, people know how I feel about their version of Spider-Man. I was like, oh, I don't I don't want that. Cause the X-Men Zarya, here's how I can describe the X-Men comics. Here's how they're often described. They're soap operas. They are dramatic soap operas. Let that sink in. <laughs> Just, if you take that template and 
add it to the MCU, which is already a mixed bag, but right now they seem to be on this whole positive, uh, crowd-pleasing uh, spectacle type of mode, I feel like there's going to be a lot of clashing. Now, not to say that they can't still do like high drama still, or even like soapy, dramatic, almost teen kind of heartthrobbiness going on. They still can. I mean, I think they've proven they can still be serious. Uh, with like Spider-Man Home or Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever that was very serious. They still have it in them. I'm really, I, I am looking forward to see what they do with uh, Secret Wars. I think some of the TV shows are really good, Captain America and Winter Soldier. But I don't know. I feel like the X-Men are, has such a specific taste to them, much like Spider-Man for me, that it's like you make one wrong move and I'm going to be very upset because... <laughs> you're you're they're not sticking true to it the x-men are at their best when they are dramatic sort of cheesy but like shelton was saying like there's they can they can be serious but they don't take themselves too seriously and i think marvel can't balance the mcu i should say has a hard time of balancing that most of the time if that makes sense yeah all right so that's it for our intro we've uh, it's it's we got a lot to talk about, so we're gonna take our first break, and then I have some trivia questions for you guys, and I'm hoping it's gonna be as entertaining as I think it is because I, <laughs> with this casting, with this group here, I have a feeling that you guys know nothing about the X the X Men, and you would be absolutely correct. And that's gonna make it. I fucking suck at trivia. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. All right. Let's take our first break and then we'll be right back. Bye, Professor. Bye, Kitty. Physics. I'm Charles Xavier. Would you like some breakfast? Where am I? Westchester, New York. You were attacked. My people brought you here for medical attention. I don't need medical attention. Yes, of course. Where's the girl? Rogue? She's here. She's fine. Really? Ah, Logan. I'd like you to meet Aurora Monroe, also called Storm. This is Scott Summers, Hello. also called Cyclops. They saved your life. I believe you've already met Dr. Jean Grey. You're in my school for the gifted, for mutants. You'll be safe here from Magneto. What's a Magneto? A very powerful mutant who believes that a war is brewing between mutants and the rest of humanity. I've been following his activities for some time. The man who attacked you is an associate of his called Sabretooth. Sabretooth? Storm. What do they call you? Wheels? <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Cyclops, right? You want to get out of my way? Logan, it's been almost 15 years, hasn't it? Living from day to day, moving from place to place, with no memory of who or what you are. Shut up. Give me a chance. I may be able to help you find some answers. You're not the only one with gifts. Where are you going? Where is he going? He's over there. What are you doing? Over here.
What is this place? All right, we're back. Let's get into some X-Men trivia. I was going to come up with a clever title, but I couldn't. So I was going to play X trivia, but that sounds dirty. (laughs) (laughs) So we got about five questions here, all relating to general X-Men lore and knowledge. Um, The fun part for me is that you guys get to guess and I get to laugh if you get it wrong because I don't expect you guys to know any of this. So we're going to start with a a fairly easy one, I would say. Let's see. Uh, First question is, what Marvel superhero's powers did Rogue absorb, giving her iconic super strength, speed, and flight? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Can I buy a vowel? (laughs) Uh, I guess a hint for this, uh, this character has their own film. In the MCU? Captain Marvel? Anyone else? Okay, see, they hit the individual, and you said, Is what they... flight, what, what powers did she get or when she absorbed? Yeah, so Rogue absorbs this popular Marvel superhero's powers, and this gives Rogue I, her, I, her iconic super strength, speed, and flight. And we'll get into what Rogue's powers are when we get into the movie, because I know it's confusing. <laughs> That was a question I had. I didn't understand it. Really? Uh, <laughs> Damn, Sheldon. I'm sorry. You say it. <laughs> I just love your reactions tonight. Really? <laughs> Professor X explains it. I don't think I was paying attention. Because I ex- don't have... Yeah, he didn't explain it very well either. And this character... Yeah, he didn't explain it very well. He just... He said... He said when... When he... Nah, but, whoa, 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 whoa. He... Wait, 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 wait. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Anyone does anyone have any other answer for this question though? I remember that. I'm going to go with Captain America. Okay, okay. No one. I want to say Thor, but I because I don't know if she'd absorb his his lightning abilities or not. If that would how it be a work? Because it's like not like a mutant. He's like a god. That is a good question. I want to say it's happened before though. Did she pick up Mjolnir? I think she's one of the few characters that's picked up Mjolnir. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense if she touched Thor that she would be able to, right? Yeah, I think she touched him and was able to do it. But I'm... So she does drain him of his powers? Like his lightning? But... Like I said, we'll get into how her powers work when we get into the movie because it's very, it's not very different, but it's slightly different. I guess I'll say like, she, her powers kind of waver back and forth of if she's, in the movie, they say she's taking life force and then that adds the mutant ability on top of it. In the comic, she takes life force or she can borrow the ability. But in this superhero's case, she le- she held on so long that she in, like just kept these abilities for herself. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, you were right, though, Sheldon. The answer is oh, Miss Marvel and Captain <laughs> the Marvel. The only person I could think of that has all those powers. <laughs> yeah, Miss Marvel slash Captain Marvel. She was Miss Marvel at the time. But, yes, during a... I don't remember exactly what was happening, but her and Rogue fought for a while, and then Rogue defeated her by just grabbing her for a while. I think she was flying a plane, and she grabbed her and held on so long that she just developed her, or she stole her abilities. And I want to say she was in a coma for a good while before she... Yeah, uh, okay, I was going to ask if she died from that. Yeah, no, Miss Marvel was in a coma for a while, but Rogue was able to uh, to fly. She's super fast, and her she uh, has super strength, which is how she's depicted in the animated series from the nineties. What about her, um, her powers did Captain Marvel's or Miss Marvel's come back? They did. They eventually came back. Yeah. Like she was in a coma. Uh, and then after she kind of like healed herself as in within the coma, her powers came back slightly different mm-hmm. and they, you know, they've changed her powers 
too. She's more cosmic than she oh. used to be, you know. Oh. But, but um, but yeah, same same principle there. All right. Okay. So, second question. This isn't multiple choice, so you just have to guess. Oh. Wanted to give that out there. It's like I said. So the X Men are known for their main team, and they are known for a specific main team. But they are they are very. There, what am I saying? There are many variations on the X Men team, and even kind of like think Young Justice, where there's like a main team and there's a bunch of like splinters off and on. That's kind of how the X Men work. A lot of Black Ops teams going on. So I want you guys to name all five of the original X Men team members from the first issues. I want you to give me the five original X Men. So is is this including Professor X or this is just X- the people that? This is X including Professor X. This doesn't include it. Okay. Okay. So, so just the people that go out on missions. Yeah, just the the original five X Men members. I want to start with. I'm gonna start with Sheldon since you spoke first. Uh, okay, Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm, um, Jean Grey, and Beast. All right, you are incorrect, sir. Damn it, Nolan. Beast, Cyclops. The Ice Guy. I don't know what his name is. Is it just Iceman? What is yeah, his name? just Iceman. Uh, I know it's not Wolverine and Gene. I, it's like it's just like two random characters that I don't know. Probably. <laughs> uh, who else is there? I don't know. Who else is, I, I don't know anyone else. So be it. I know it's like two random characters. That I probably don't know. I was just like, how funny would it be if like the first comic was like, here's these three popular characters, and then two other randos just helping out. Like they don't have powers. They're just there to help. <laughs> they, they carry the bucket. I don't know. I know it's not Gambit either. I'm trying to think of people from the movies. <laughs> Gambit that? is fucking awesome though. What about that flying guy with the wings? Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh, is that an answer? Angel. Yes. It sounds like it's it sounds like it's right. So yes. <laughs> is Angel one of them? Um. Um. I don't know. Let's guess another character from the recent movie. Uh, the girl that can <laughs> teleport everywhere. <laughs> okay. Psychic. Okay. Stop. <laughs> Just, you're done. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will say though. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. Okay. Um, I want to say you're. You started off so strong, Nolan. You started off so so strong. Um. Okay. Zarya, you want to give it a shot? Okay. So. Um, I'm going to use the help of Shelton and Nolan by saying Cyclops, Beast, and Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> All right, smart context clues. We learned that in fourth grade, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and let's see. Um, hmm. They're also, I guess if it helps, they're also known as the first class. Isn't there a first class movie? There is, but don't follow that movie because they're not in that. <laughs> okay. There's only one character from the original lineup that's in that movie, and <laughs> they. Oh, uh, do these um do these other two show up anywhere else in like Marvel world? Yes, these two others that are missing do have prominent roles in the Marvel universe. You know what? Only because she's made contact with somebody, I'm going to go with Captain Marvel. And I don't have a guess for the fifth one. Oh, wow. That's the angel guy. She ran out of name. No. <laughs> All right. angel guy. <laughs> okay, I will say, you guys did better than I thought you would. <laughs> no, one, no one was the closest, though, so he wins this question. He got four of them. 
But I will say I don't want to count it because I gave an assist. But he got four. So the original five X-Men members were Cyclops, Jean Grey, or as she was known as Marvel Girl, Iceman, Angel, and Beast. You may applaud now. Yes. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> no. I lost three right then. Huh? That's a Beast, Jean Grey, and um, Cyclops. Did you say that? No. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, but I, said that. I thought Shelton did say Jean Grey. I didn't hear Jean yeah. Grey. But, okay. That still would have been four, though. You didn't get them all. <laughs> you get. I know, but I was close. I don't even know who the fuck Angel is. Oh, see, that's a, this is something that pisses me off. We'll get into Angel with X3, because that's where he shows up. But Angel is such a cool character. He's such a tragic character, too. And they don't really do anything with this guy. Like He doesn't really appear in the comics much. But, like, I, he's one of my favorite, like, members, just kind of sing-along, because... He starts off as just kind of like a rich, like asshole. Like he's kind of like the the mean. Again, if we're setting, if we're facing the X Men, especially the original run is like a high school drama. He's like the mean jock guy, but he goes through such a growth and he bangs a, a ninja. But uh, beside that, he has really such a tragic story <laughs> where he's constantly being. He's kind of like Wolverine. He's just constantly being like experimented on. But um. I feel like they should do a lot more with Angel. He just kind of becomes a symbol because the angel wings. But yeah, he is. Fun fact: he's the first one to leave from the original time from the original lineup. Like he's the first member to leave because he's rich and he becomes his own little superhero. But um, yeah. So that's the original five members. I am. I'm. I. I don't think this is gonna happen. But I would love for the MCU to start off their first X Men movie with this team because they're so iconic and I just I, I love I personally love the first class they work well off each other I love the youthfulness that they have I really am fingers crossed if they go through the if they go with this but I don't think so because I heard that they're going for more of a of a uh, early 2000s approach where they're trying to diversify it but they're using different members but I don't know I feel like if you do the X-Men you have to start off with this with this original team and that's something i have a problem with with this first movie it's just like you didn't use the original team like i get wolverine and storm are popular but like come on the original team is really like underutilized they're, they're really cool characters but we'll get into that later okay next question this is uh again this should be pretty easy but we'll see how you guys do all right so fan favorite character wolverine did not originate in the x-men comics so what comic did he originate in what what comic what heroes comic book did wolverine first appear in is it a captain america b black panther c the incredible hulk or d the amazing spider-man you said the options one more time got it uh which uh comic book did wolverine first appear in a captain america B, Black Panther, C, The Incredible Hulk, or D, The Amazing Spider-Man? Wait, what? Should I, should I repeat again? <laughs> One more time. Okay. What comic... What? Oh, dang it. <laughs> what hero's comic book did Wolverine first appear in? Is it A, Captain America... B, Black Panther, C, The Incredible Hulk, or D, The Amazing Spider-Man? Oh, 
<laughs> shit. There, there's three of them are really good. Because <laughs> yeah. he's weak. I know he, he has so much beef with the Hulk. In the I, I was going to guess the Hulk. Uh, I, I do. Like, I kind of think it's the Hulk. All right, are we locking in answers? Mine is locked in. I say Hulk. Uh, me too, yeah. Oh, I feel like it's going to be Spider-Man, but I'm going to say Hulk. All right. All three of you got it. It is the Incredible Hulk. Oh, he first woo. appeared in the first uh, in one of the Incredible Hulk comics, and it's a little. It's a comic book where they're just fighting the entire time, and then at the end, he just kind of rolls away. <laughs> I mean, they just, that's just what happens. Wolverine can't beat him, but he can't kill Wolverine, so it's just you know they go at it. <laughs> yeah, they're just the stalemate. <laughs> they're just like, you know what? We're tired, so they both just kind of like stop. <laughs> But yeah, I'm surprised y'all got that one. <laughs> I mean, again, it should be easy, but yeah, you had the right idea. He has a lot of beef with the Hulk. They just, for some reason, just always constantly fighting. The trick question in there, the, the trick answer in there was Captain America because he also appears in uh, Captain America comics because, you know, they he was around the same at the same time period, given that his aging slows. So there's that. All right. Uh, next question. This one is a now. This is a tricky one, but let's see if you guys get it. It's multiple choice, so don't worry. Where did Professor X and Magneto first meet in the comic books? Is it A, a Germany hospital, B, an African hospital, C, a Canadian hospital, or D, an Israeli hospital? I'm gonna go with German. All right, Sheldon says Germany. I'm gonna go with my people, Canada. You're from, <laughs> You're from Canada? No. Oh, I was going to say, that was a, that was a twist. That was... <laughs> I'm a spiritual French-Canadian. Oh, that's cool. Uh, okay, so the options were Germany, Africa, Israeli, and Canada. Yep. I'm going to go with Israel. Zarya got it. They met in an what? Israeli hospital. <laughs> no, fuck. What were they doing there? So this is during the early days. Professor X is still walking around and he is researching and doing his due diligence. It's like he knows he's a mutant, but he hasn't met anyone yet. And so he comes across. He has like a lot of misadventures. Sheldon, I'm surprised you didn't get this because they touched on this in Legion, if you remember. But one of the first villains Professor X fights is uh, Amal Farouk, who is the Shadow King, another powerful psychic who enslaved Storm at some point. But before that, him and Professor X met at a hospital after I think Professor X was volunteering or something like that. He was following up on a case and he was hanging around the woman who would end up being his baby mama, which was where David comes from. And he uh, was like scanning the room using his telepathy. And he came across Eric, who has like a mental block. Like he was actively blocking himself. That's something that Eric can do, you know, with or without the helmet, he can block mental attacks. And so he noticed it and it, was, and it took him a while to reach Eric's mind. And once he did, he realized he was a mutant and that's how they first met. And they would go on uh, to be friends and kind of globe trot around the world with each other. But yeah, in Israel, of all places. <laughs> Ooh. Which is weird because I I know them best from like hanging around in Africa because they that's where they met Storm. Um, they were together at that point, but tweets their own. Okay, final question of the night, and then we're going to get to the movie, guys. So <laughs> this one, I think, is probably going to be the hardest one. Again, it's not multiple choice, but I want to see what you guys come up with this for the answers. All right, so it's, it's a twofer. It's a twofer. So what does the X 
originally stand for in X-Men and what does it stand for today? Wait, huh? All right. So the question is, what does the X in X-Men originally stand for and uh, what does it stand for today? So there's two meanings. What did it what did it, it originally stand for in the 60s? And what does it stand for traditionally today? Um, I don't know which is which, but does one of the meanings mean that they're like X'd from society? They're like the people that are X'd out? No. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Walking Master Chef Canada. <laughs> What's with the Canadian love tonight? Oh. Wait, so is there, is there, there's two parts to this question? Yeah, there's two parts because there's two meanings. I'm asking okay. what is the original meaning from the original comics in the 60s, and then what is the what does it traditionally mean today? I think I know the old one. I don't know about I the new no one. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> All right, Nolan, what you got? I'm going to assume because this is comic books and they name <laughs> themselves after their powers or like their whatever. They're the X-Men because Professor X leads them. Close. Oh, that's a good one. Close. Thinking, but I, was like, I don't know. I don't know. Does it have anything to do with the X chromosome? Is that where the mutant gene is? Yes. So that is... What? <laughs> so that is, the, that is what the X stands for today. Um, so that is the first answer. The X stands for the X gene, which is what where their powers come from or the mutation I should say so that's the first that's the second half of the question no one was close with the first half but not entirely and then Sheldon just hasn't given an answer <laughs> dude I, I, I does it have anything to do with like Magneto and Professor X did like they do something because weren't they friends yeah they were friends they were friends but no Think oh. if it helps. Think the, the 1960s. Think comic books in the 1960s. Nothing but catchphrases. They're so extra. I don't know. I, you got it. <laughs> Wait. No one got it. <laughs> I didn't believe that happened. Okay. Yeah. No one got it. Um. The original meaning what for though? the the original meaning for the X and X Men was mutants with extra abilities or extra superpowers. Wow. I love that. that. It's literally spelled X dash T R A special powers. (laughs) Wow. And then I love that. I love it. And then Zarya, you got the second half, which is traditionally now X Men is known. The X stands for the X gene. That's how you know they're mutants or that they stand for mutants. Just just pure guessing. Wow. Great job, guys. (laughs) All right. Let's take our last break, and then we're going to dive into the original X-Men movie, X-Men from 2000. And I can't wait anymore. I want to talk about this movie. (laughs) Okay, there we go. (laughs) Oh, my God, guys. We're going to talk about this movie. Shit. I never knew this was going to happen. I'm lying. I I planned it. (laughs) You've known for a long time. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. We are now seeing the beginnings of another stage of human evolution. The truth is that mutants are very real, and they are among us. 
must know who they are and above all what they can do. We're not what you think, not all of us. Who are you people? What kind of place is this? I'm Professor Charles Xavier. I built this school where mutants could learn to focus their powers in a positive way and also learn that mankind was not evil, just uninformed. You'll be safe here from Magneto, a very powerful mutant who believes that a war is brewing between mutants and the rest of humanity. There is a war coming. Be sure you're on the right side. future Charles not them they no longer matter hold on to something Welcome back, everyone. Let's talk about X-Men from 2000. Just some quick facts here. It was released July 24th, 2000. Directed by Brian Singer. Screenplay by David Hatter. Screen, uh, story by Tony DeSanto and Brian Singer. Based on X-Men by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the film stars Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, Ian McKellen, Halle Berry, Famke Jensen, James Marsden, Bruce Davidson, Ray Park, Rebecca Romaine Stamos, and Anna Paquin. And the plot goes as such. They are the children of the atom, homo superior, the next link in the chain of evolution. Each was born with a unique genetic mutation, which at puberty manifests itself in extraordinary powers. In a world filled with hate and prejudice, they are feared by those who cannot accept their differences. Led by Xavier, the X-Men fight to protect a world that fears them. They are locked in a battle with former colleague and friend Magneto, who believes humans and mutants should never coexist. The budget for the film was $75 million, and the box office intake was $296.3 million. And just some like overall background on the movie. So uh, development on the X-Men began as far back as 1984 with Orion Pictures, if you know that studio. <laughs> Very famous for really cheesy movies. Um... Also, though, with a very young James Cameron, who we know now as the director of Titanic and Avatar and the other Avatar, <laughs> uh, and uh, Catherine Bigelow was also in discussions at one point. The film rights were bought by 20th Century Fox in 1994, and various scripts and film treatments were commissioned from Andrew Kevin Walker, John Logan, and Joss Whedon, or I should say Joss Whedon, and Michael Chabon, or Chabon. 
uh, Singer, Brian Singer, signed on to direct in 1996 with a uh, with further rewrites by Ed Solomon, Singer, Tom DeCento, and Christopher McQuarrie, who was another super big superhero guy, and Hatter, uh, in which they, they basically did a bunch of rewrites. And uh, the original script had Beast and Nightcrawler in it, but they were deleted due to budget concerns from Fox. X-Men marked the American debut of Hugh Jackman, who was a good friend of uh, Russell Crowe and had did nothing but stage theater at the time. <laughs> he was a last-minute choice for Wolverine because the actor before him decided to do Mission Impossible 2 and then injured himself. <laughs> so you can blame uh, you can blame Tom Cruise for that timeline if you have that Wolverine. So I'm, I'm sorry, but we got Hugh Jackman on this timeline, so we're we're doing good. <laughs> He was cast three weeks into filming as well. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Hugh Jackman, known for one of the biggest superheroes of all time, was a last-minute casting choice because another actor decided to do a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> also, that's yeah, Tom Cruise would have been awful. <laughs> no, Tom Cruise wasn't the actor they had for it. It was the villain of the guy that plays the oh. villain in Mission Impossible Two. But as we know, oh, Tom okay. Cruise has a lot of control over his movies. And so he was like, mm-hmm. no, you're not getting out of this contract. You're not doing that superhero movie. And that's kind of how it happened. So they were like, well, we got this Hugh Jackman guy. He was recommended by Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe at the time would have been famous for his stage stuff, but also Gladiator, I believe, was out around that time. Here's another thing, and it's kind of going to the whole that the X-Men, the mo- this movie started it all for superheroes in the genre. Like I often say M. Night Shyamalan and X-Men kind of in, in Blade, if you want to go that far back, but... And Blade are the reason we have the superhero genre as it is today, um, as far as like the way it's presented, because Kevin Feige was an assistant producer on this movie. I don't know if you guys saw his name in the credits, um, but his main job was to keep Brian Singer in line and, and in focus. But Kevin Feige is a lifelong X-Men fan, actually. It's, it's amazing how he has the Avengers, but he's a really big X-Men guy. So I do have the faith that he will do some of the characters justice. But as far as the tone of the comics, I don't think he's going to deliver. But again, you know, he, I don't know. Maybe he's aged with the same love for the X-Men. But this guy has uh, has come a long way. He was an assistant producer, an assistant on this movie that's insane and now he's the leader and the he has control of one of the most profitable franchises in history and they say the film john they say that the film industry doesn't do anything for you look at this white man just thriving just thriving all right guys x-men 2000 overall thoughts let's get into it let's start with zarya this is your first time watching this movie right yes it is this is my first time watching yeah this is my first time watching this movie it was cool. It was okay. Like I didn't have like a big connection to. I didn't feel glued. My eyes weren't glued to the uh to the TV. But it was it was cool. I I enjoyed it. All right. All right. Nolan. Uh I think it was a good start to the series. Um it's definitely a little rough going back now and looking <laughs> at it, but back then it was definitely like amazing to see like it on the big screen essentially uh shelton was this your first time watching this movie or have you seen this before no i've seen it before a long time ago even even though it's fairly old at this point like you know 2000 it's still it still holds up even today i feel like and me being the fan i feel like i'm i I don't want to be biased i don't want to be biased but i was very happy to rewatch this movie i i rewatched it actually recently like a couple months ago and i was like well i'm gonna just you know rewatch it again 
I I don't want to say I love this movie. It's not my favorite of the franchise, but I do like going back and watching this first movie because it's so I don't know what the word is. Like I guess nostalgic, but like I did I wasn't really at, conscious at the time when this was coming out other than my brief vivid memory, but like this just this movie does inhabit the spirit of the X-Men. I feel like it's a great introduction like Nolan was saying to these characters and to this franchise. Um I do wish it was the original five, but here they went with a mixture of the original five and the giant sized X-Men. They went with the popular characters, essentially. And this movie just screams 2000 all over it. But also, it does seem very futuristic. Uh, I think some of the effects hold up and then some are not as good. <laughs> but every, there's just some there's some ah, there's still some really great moments in this movie alone. Of like iconic superhero moments, this movie has like five of them, and I'm like, if there was a big list made, I'm pretty sure this X Men movie would crack at least the twenty, the top twenty, because there's so many like memorable moments in this movie, and it's that's what I got the most out of rewatching it this time. So we begin with something that will become a trademark for these Fox films: is that there will be an opening monologue while you're just staring at a a screensaver and then we get a title sequence <laughs> very 2000s windows title sequence as we get the x-men here and then we get to poland of 1944 and we get the origin of magneto question did you guys know what was going on when the scene popped up <laughs> did you know this was magneto no really did you did you know who magneto was before this at all yes because the very first movie I ever seen was before Magneto became like I guess evil because like he him and Professor X were on the same side like they were they were um, looking for other mutants yeah together yeah. whatnot yeah that that's the movie I saw so I know about Magneto and I know that he was once friends with Professor X yeah they still are friends at, at the end of this movie <laughs> they're st- well yeah they play yeah they're enemies. I find it interesting that you say that you did know because in X-Men First Class, they play this, they redid this entire scene. That That's how X-Men First Class opens up. <laughs> it's just with this scene. I don't remember that whole movie. I just remember seeing it. <laughs> oh, oh, don't man. worry. We'll get to it eventually. <laughs> I do like this beginning here with uh, little Magneto and his crying for his mama although i do get like boy in the striped pajama flashbacks but i don't like thinking about that yeah movie. big time <laughs> but um nazi germany look at that um, oh my god did you guys notice that the uh the gate when he when they reveal the gate it's in the shape of an x yeah foreshadowing. something that i don't know if i want to know how you guys feel about this before we continue here how do you guys feel about this movie just starting off with them just hopping from character to character revealing their origins did that did that work for you guys, or did you find it kind of jarring? Did you find it kind of off putting? Because arguably, the movie doesn't really begin until we get to New York and we see Jean Grey debating with Senator Kelly. But before that, we get like four scenes of different characters that we don't know anything about, other than that they do dangerous things. I like it because it gives more of a personal feeling to each character instead of it focusing mainly on one and having the others kind of show up as secondary forces. It's like every, everyone has their own purpose and they all are meaningful in their own ways. I think it's kind of necessary for a first movie, especially uh, 
trying to get the franchise started. People might not know everyone's every character's like backstory. I don't think it took that long in the movie either for them to like do their backstories. I have to agree with Nolan. Like it does, uh, it is necessary and whatnot. But for me, it was kind of hard to keep up with. I don't know why, but I'm like, okay. Who is this person? Da, da, da. See, yeah, that's what I was kind of looking for because I it works for me. I like the fact that they kind of hop around. There was supposed to be a lot more of it in the original script. We were supposed to see we'd start out with Magneto. They would hop the rogue, and then you would get flashbacks uh, of Gene, Scott, and uh, who else? Storm, Storm. And I know uh, Scott's scene was supposed to be him at his uh, at a middle school dance, and his his powers would activate. Different from the comic books. Um, so uh, Cyclops' origin in the comics is actually pretty cool, but he basically has, uh, if you took the beginning scene of uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with the airplane, that's essentially how it happened. Basically, uh, Scott is on an airplane. I think he's afraid to fly, and he does have an older brother. or No, he has a younger brother, Alex Summers, who is Havoc, and they're with their, their mother and father or their adoptive mother and father. Um, they're foster kids. There's something that's very important to the X-Men uh lore to i guess lore but most of the characters are orphaned or foster children if that makes sense um but basically scott's uh his his powers kick in while they're on an airplane and he can't control he can't control because they first activate and then the plane gets hijacked and then the plane crashes and so he's him and his brother his little brothers and and we're talking like uh eight-year-olds like eight-year-old and like a, a four-year-old maybe they're falling out of an airplane and then scott hits a rock and that's why he can't control his abilities he was in a coma for a while and then when he wakes up he realizes he can't control the eye beams like he should be able to havoc can control his powers they they ruminate out of his body but for cyclops it's only in his eyes and he can't control the beams when his eyes are open which is pretty cool for it. But you're supposed to get that in the movie. It was supposed to be a middle school dance and they activated. I think Storm was supposed to be, uh, they were going to play off of her claustrophobicness and someone would like, being Africa, they were going to do something kind of horrific and like she was being abused. And so she gets locked into like a box or like a closet and then her powers would like take out the entire area, like the entire town. And then it would just be like her and like a few other people left and you'd be like, she's a god. Um, so we're supposed to see that, but here we just get rogue and, uh, I did not know how to, I do not know how to pronounce this city. I don't even know if it's a real city. I didn't look it up, but is it Meridan, Meridan, Meridian, Mississippi? Where's this Meridian? Meridian. Okay, cool. Thank God. (laughs) Meridian, Mississippi. I actually want to visit, (laughs) uh, in the not too distant future, which means present day. Um, we get the origin of Rogue, which is pretty standard in the comics as well. She's gets a little hot and heavy with the boy she likes in the in Mississippi, and she gets her first kiss, but her first kiss becomes a nightmare <laughs> as she pretty much kills a kid. Like she pretty much kills this guy. <laughs> How we like Rogue though? How we like the origin, the 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 entrance of Rogue here? Zarya, how'd you feel about it? Oh, I liked it. I like I like her. This movie kind of made me like her because I didn't really know too much about her. Um. So I know like last year, I see I popped up. She was like trending a little bit because like, it was a topic. I think people were like wanting uh, Kiki Palmer to play her or something. Oh, so yeah. I looked, oh yeah, I, I like looked her up and I like, got like a gloss over it. But seeing her in this movie, I actually kind of liked it, her. 
not yet. <laughs> yeah, Rogue is a really cool character. I'll get into what her powers are in a sec. But uh, Nolan, how'd you feel about the entrance of Rogue in this beginning scene? Yeah, I like Rogue as a character. It's definitely they definitely set up for like a good arc in this movie too. It was definitely like something I wasn't like thinking about, and I don't think I ever saw it. I don't remember in the like the animated series if they ever did something like that. I like her character in general, though, just like stealing other people's powers. It's always a cool um, power to have. Yeah, but what at what cost? Because she can't touch anyone, which is really bad. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could always touch yourself, but even that's. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. Never mind. So Shelton, how do you feel about Rogue? I liked Rogue. She she just she has like just the worst power. <laughs> no human contact. She's so she's a sweet girl. It's not even human contact. They didn't really elaborate in this movie, but even, she can't touch like animals or anything, or, or less. You know, she can't touch living things. Yeah, essentially, because she she sucks out life force she's and the, absorbs it. Yep. <laughs> so, which she can't have a pet ever, which is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, because all it takes is like the cat jump onto her face or something. It's over with. <laughs> the cat is going stiff. Maybe, maybe she'll. Ooh, maybe she'll be able to like have cat-like agility though. Um, I don't know if the comics ever answer. I know Beast does that. Well, he can't touch. Like he can't steal. But he he kind of slowly becomes a cat at some point. And I think he bones a really? cat person. Oh. In the X Men universe, That's before I go any further, <laughs> the X in some the mutant gene expands to animals, and so if it if an animal has a mutant gene, it becomes humanoid and it gets a power that way. And so at some point, Beast is, is kind of like living out in the forest, and he comes across a well, what was like a house cat that was like abandoned, and then their mutant gene activated, and they became humanoid. And he taught the he taught it English, and they had like a love affair, and then it died because cat lives. Yeah, it was a weird. The, the X Men has some weird moments. Some I won't deny that. All right, so um, Rogue's powers. Let's just get this in out the way right now. What is Rogue's powers? So Rogue, uh, traditionally she can absorb your life force, absorb your energy, and in the case of mutants or superpowered beings. She can borrow or fully steal your powers for as long as she needs them. And like I said, with Miss Marvel, she held on so long. It put Miss Marvel in a coma for a few days, but she was able to retain the abilities, the essential abilities that gives her her iconic superpowerness. Uh, in this movie, they went very basic. I'm not going to lie. I, hot take. I don't really I like Anna Paquin as Rogue. Like she does a really good job, but I don't like this rogue in this movie just because this yeah. this rogue is not very accurate to comics at most of the time this rogue is a, an amalgamation of two other characters it is an amalgamation of kitty pride or shadow cat who is the girl that can walk through walls um and she's an amalgamation of jubilee who we see later on in this movie uh wearing she's known for wearing the yellow coat she was the main character People forget this, but Jubilee was the main character in that '90s TV show. She can; she's the one that can produce uh, plasma or fireworks from her hands. So they took those two characters and then put them inside of Rogue, and that's why it, as a fan, it kind of like rubs up against me because it's like, like it's cool. It works for this movie because one, they need it for the plot. Like they need, they need Rogue's powers for the plot for Magneto's plan to work. But also, it's not Rogue. Rogue. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen the cartoon X Men Evolution. But that's essentially yeah. how Rogue starts yeah. off. Just the goth girl. She's just like, 
your goth girl even yeah, in the she's super edgy yeah she's kind of like um she's kind of like nev campbell in uh the craft like she's very soft but she's still goth like you know she's got that southern twang to her too she's like a gothy southern belle with an edge and she's the foster kid herself um i'll reveal who her mother is if you know who her mother is congratulations because that's a nice little x-men trivia but i'll reveal who her mother is in the next episode because it's more important in that movie um but yeah so this version of rogue it's like anna paquin gets the southernness down and i like that a lot but she, the rest of the time she might as well have just been kitty pride and i'm like this is you didn't you need you didn't need to do that you could have just used kitty pride because for some reason i don't know the fox x-men they kind of like they they do a lot of characters dirty there's a lot of characters that don't get the the just that they need Kitty Pride, Jubilee, and Cyclops are the main ones on that list. They're in the movies. They just suck. <laughs> and they don't do anything. Yeah. So yeah, that's who Rogue is. Her power, she takes life force and she can borrow people's abilities. She cannot touch people, though. It's her entire skin. So in the comics, that's why she wears the bodysuit and the gloves. She, oh, sometimes she wears a mask. But she can't risk any contact with anything less killing that thing. It doesn't really harm her at all like like in this movie they kind of make it seem like it's kind of painful for her but it she can just it's more of just like a midas touch type of deal going on does that make sense zarya yes yes okay so what like why like okay i understand like <laughs> why she can't touch anybody but why is it a thing yeah it's just her mutant it's ability mutation yeah it's just how her body is now, in certain comics, she is she gets to the point where she can control it. She can turn it off, off and on because they oh, really okay. wanted her to have sex. And another big thing about the X Men that I love that I, I really love it, and I don't know how they're gonna do it in these movies. They kind of do it a little bit in X Three, but the big thing about the X Men because they're all in one spot, <laughs> everyone is dating and boning each other, <laughs> especially the yeah, it gets messy. So like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not just the the love triangle between Logan, Scott, and Jean. It's everyone. Like yeah, Rogue gets a lot of attention now. Yeah, Rogue's her main like love interest are usually Gambit, Iceman, and Magneto. In uh, I think Quicksilver. Too. Yeah, it's but her. yeah, she's she's mostly she's she will <laughs> But I'm saying it's everybody because you know Iceman dates like Kitty Pride. I mean Iceman's gay too. So or. He's, he's gay now, but he, you know, it. it everyone's boning everybody. You know, I, I think right now in the comics, like right now, is hinted at that Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean have like a a three way like uh, polyamorous relationship thing going on right now because they all live on an they're island. They're a thruple. Now. Yeah, they're a thruple now, which is I think is pretty cool. But uh, they're yeah because they all live on an island right now in the comics. They don't live at the mansion anymore. It got blowed up for like the billionth right. time, and Professor was like, "That's it." I'm not rebuilding the shit. We're all going to live on this giant island. <laughs> Which I think is pretty smart on his part. The guy doesn't have that much money. But yeah. So, uh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, just just how her mutant, just what her mutation is. She just can't touch people. Which, again, it's, uh, it sucks a lot. Especially, another thing that they kind of hint at here, when she does touch you, she does retain your, your she can absorb your, like, personality traits. Um, I wish we could have seen a little bit more of that. But uh, seeing that how young Anna Paquin is, that's probably a little bit too much of an acting challenge for her. She's very young in this movie, but, like, she could pull it off, too. In the comics, you, whenever she touches Wolverine, she does get the, like the mean like this. Or whenever she, whenever she touches Cyclops, she gets very righteous. 
she can retain some of your uh I, I know there's at some point she touches Nightcrawler and she just like stays in her room and prays. And she doesn't even believe in God. But she can she her her personality traits can overtake her, essentially, if she if she hangs on long enough. But and they linger, they stay for a couple of days. So it's kinda she does have the worst ability. She's basically a walking uh like Fun. Yeah. <laughs> just a walking DID patient. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Uh, so moving on, we get Dr. Jean Grey looking fabulous in the red hair and everything, debating with Senator Kelly about the mutant problem. This is where the movie actually starts. <laughs> so we get I, I love this scene because or really the scene after it when we get Professor X and Eric talking to each other. How do you guys feel about it? Because I loved everything about them. Just kind of like, what are you doing here? Why do you ask questions you already know the answers to? It's because he's because he's psychic. You get it? You get it? Yeah. It's fun. Ha ha. <laughs> oh, y'all humor me. <laughs> I love it. I love the whole entire life. It's because it foreshadows the entire movie. You know, I love I love a good parallel. And I just love Eric and Xavier. They're really good, really good frenemies, as you said earlier. I mean, I like um, what's his name? Ian um, is McKellen. Yeah, Gandalf. Yeah, Gandalf. That's exactly why. Um, he's a really good actor, and th- those two, like, yeah, they just have like a really good, like, I don't know how you just like relationship in terms of like chemistry. acting. Yeah, they just they bounce off of each other so well. They're just, they're like perfect picks for the role. Couldn't agree more. I do wish they were a little younger, but I mean, hey, you got what you got, and I I love what we got. Yeah, it works though. A, a line I always quote just randomly would just be like, "We're the future, Charles, not them." They no longer matter, and just walks away. I just love that line so much. It's kind of very bad, but I love it. It's a great line. I do love... I uh, One of my favorite characters of all time is Professor X. Uh, Patrick Stewart plays him a lot more uh, kinder, a lot more warm than he is in the comics. Professor X is a jerk, <laughs> in, to quote Kitty Pride. She, he's not the best person. He has a lot of flaws, and he has a habit of dying. I, I love Professor X a lot because just because he's always the one to make the hard decision, he's always like, I'm not as evil as Magneto and then has the literal ability to like cripple anyone mentally with like not even a thought, really, just like half a thought. Like he just looks at you and then, oh, well, I'm back in the second grade. But I think Professor X is cool. I do like uh, I do think that Patrick Stewart's portrayal of Charles is uh, what's the word? I think his portrayal helped help the general audience like professor x like again he plays him very differently than he is in the comics he's kind of like a drill sergeant in the comic books but here he's like a father figure literally he's like wolverine's father or grandfather if you will but uh zarya any thoughts on professor x psychic powers like psychics they don't worry me but they like i don't know i just don't have like a big connection to them because like i wouldn't want to be inside so like, i would but then also i wouldn't want to be in some inside somebody's head like that and um uh, he's a cool character i just i'm just not that i'm not that big a fan of psychics really because even with like even with like young justice um not to keep bringing it back to dc but it's just some of the the similarities is what helps me makes it makes me understand this more um because even like with uh miss martian like she's a sidekick and there are some times where like her psychic abilities like leave the person in like a mint and like mentally in shambles and so i'm just like uh they're they're they're, they can sometimes be like on a tight 
line of like going overboard or not overboard like so yeah yeah you're totally right but i that's why i love it let's <laughs> <Nope. laughs> uh, be being a, a dick again but no i i get it i get it psychic abilities come with a lot of cost and probably a lot of headaches but i don't i love i love psychic characters i love like like Jean Grey, we don't get a lot of it in this movie. It it gets it builds as the trilogy goes on, but she has some psychic ability she's dealing with, and I I I like it all. I if I were to pick a superpower, it would probably be telepathy, just because I would not mind being inside of people's heads. Now being trapped in people's heads, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> I do like it. I I do I think also like giving him the most like him being the most powerful telepath, and then he's also trapped in a wheelchair. It's kind of like yeah. a juxtaposition thing going on there. But I, I get what you mean. I'm trying to think of, like, most of the older movies. I feel like, even in this one, he just, like, he's, like, the searches for, like, the, the mutant, like, always. Or, like, where people are located. And then he just gets, like, obliterated out of his chair when he's in the room. <laughs> Every single time. You are not wrong. <laughs> it happens in this one. Um happens with Jean Grey. It happens with uh, what's his name? Apocalypse. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Every every single time he gets like that that room. He goes into the room. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna find them," and then like it goes wrong every single time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, like we love Cerebro, but also please don't use it. <laughs> every time you do, you end up kidnapped or poisoned. But yeah, he's cool. Uh, Sheldon, do you have any thoughts on Professor X? I really do enjoy him in this movie. I feel like it, it's it's a good balance of him being like a mentor and an intellectual, but also still using his powers a good amount, not just kind of being in the background, not doing much. Yeah. But I, I enjoy that more hands-on approach for Professor X. But he's strong as fuck. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> he's one of the most powerful minds in the Marvel Universe, and yet, like Nolan was saying, he just gets toppled over by the most inconvenient things. <laughs> He's the king of manipulation. Oh, he really is, yeah. In the comic books, he's manipulated a whole lot of people. We'll talk about it when we get to X3, but his what he does to Jean Grey is kind of like really messed up. Um, but moving forward here, we move to Alberto, Canada, or Alberta, Canada? Canada. Alberta, Canada, uh, where Rogue hitchhikes her way within the... She's getting dropped off by a, a truck driver, and that actor is actually the voice actor for Beast in the 90s series. I thought that was a nice little Easter egg. But we get to, we get to meet Wolverine for the first time. The world was introduced to Wolverine in a cage match with a cigar. Couldn't be any more perfect. How we feel about Hugh Jackman is as Wolverine in this movie. Oh, that man is so beautiful. <laughs> the, mm, he, just off appearance alone, he looks so good as a wolf man thing. <laughs> it's like he's what his claws are like magnetic right they're they're, and, they're metal not magnetic or, yeah not magnetic but metal that's what i meant yeah metal <laughs> um but yeah he who hugh jack was a, it's a really nice looking man <laughs> but more into the character in the movie uh i liked him um he does i like how protective he was over rogue it was it was really nice to see, and so that made me like his character even more. He's he's really good in this movie for this to be like his first American film. Yeah, this was yeah his first American film. Um, he's from like I said earlier, he's Australian. 
but he did yeah, mostly like Australia. stage work. Oh, okay. okay. Of uh, course, he's Australian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew he was Australian because at first, like, when I first heard him talking like an in interview, I'm like, oh, <laughs> beautiful man has an accent. Okay, a very deep accent. Dude's got a deep voice. <laughs> In his, when he's in his like normal accent and it's so soothing to hear like i can just listen to his interviews <laughs> i love that he but... could be talking about making slime and i'm like glued <laughs> oh boy you hear that hugh jackman you're not listening to this <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean i can't disagree with that <laughs> he's really good in this movie though he's he, he i can is. see why they went back to him he's again he was friends with russell crowe who also does a lot of stage work at the time and so that's what got him the job oh once again like another perfect uh like casting i'm actually so glad he's coming back just for like the just for deadpool 2 no it gets under deadpool 3 yeah <laughs> yeah especially with how things ended in his last film it was like a great like rated r film so i hope they make deadpool rated r again i mean it's i feel like they kind of have to yeah, they kind of have to make it rated R. The last two were. Yeah, I mean, then again, we are dealing with Marvel, so we'll see. Uh, Wolverine's awesome. He's really he's one of my favorite. Um, he's one of my favorite X Men, just because mainly because of his powers. Like the regeneration's fucking awesome in and of itself. The claws are just a little bit of edginess on top of that. And he Jackman plays the character perfectly. Yeah, can't disagree with that either. Although Zarya, going back to you, did you did you know what his powers were? Who Wolverine? Wolverine. Yeah, he has like healing. Like he could heal himself, right? Okay, yeah, he has a healing factor. He has a healing factor. Um, is he strong? Also, I mean, every superhero is strong. So okay, well, <laughs> just kind of comes with the territory. Unless you're like physically detailed, but yeah, he's he's strong. He's his mutability is that he can heal himself. He's he ages slowly. Um, oh, okay. that is his first mutation uh the x-men in the x-men world there are mutants with who have second mutations and they kind of hint at it here wolverine does have claws at some point in his life he was given an, a metal skeleton from space and boom that's where you get the metal claws from but you know take that so the metal is an added is an added alteration due to experimentation but his heightened senses his healing and his uh his uh claws are his mutation. So yeah, just wanted to clarify because I know like a lot of these characters have very specific like one trick powder like powers like you know oh I I make ice, <laughs> and then you have people who are like yeah I have claws I can heal I can also smell things really good so you know I'm all over the place. <laughs> uh but yeah it's it, it Wolverine's good like I said earlier I was I was always never like the biggest. Wolverine fan like he's not my favorite X-Men unlike Sheldon here I've I've always found Wolverine just kind of meh <laughs> he's he's a good character I won't take that away from him I can't deny him uh he's he's popular for a reason but for me he just never spoke to me I do think he works the best when he has like a, a sidekick or when he is a sidekick so I, I like him whenever he's with Scott you know him and Scott in the comics have that back and forth because of Gene or just because their personalities at all uh overall but um, you know, I think he also works the best when he's when he's uh when he's pounding around with a teenage girl. He's traditionally known to be um, it's usually teamed up with Wolverine and Kitty Pride or Shadowcat, and again they kind of alter that between like Jubilee Rogue, like they kind of um what is the one was it? rotate them in and out. But that's usually how Wolverine is kind of balanced out. You know, he goes on missions with teenage teenagers and. 
him and uh, him and Storm also have a pretty good relationship in the comics, and him and Nightcrawler have a really funny relationship. Um, but for me, Wolverine is just the character people throw. <laughs> That's kind of how I view him. He's always in the comics. He gives a snare. He can tear things up really good. But most of the time, when they're down and out, they use Wolverine to throw at. They 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 throw Wolverine at something, and then he tears it up. That's kind of how I view him. But he's good. Hugh Jackman. Looking really good. Looking, uh, the dude is tall, by the way. Like in this movie, you can see it, <laughs> and uh, he looks good. He's younger here. I know he's he's still ripped now as like a damn near fifty year old, fifty year old. But uh, here, I think he's like early thirties, maybe late twenties. Still looks pretty good. It's bizarre. If you it, did, did you you know who Wolverine was before this, right? Or did you? Yeah, I knew who I knew who Wolverine was before this. I knew who um storm was before this movie i knew who mystique was was her name mystique yeah yeah i knew who she was before this movie because of jennifer lawrence mm-hmm. oh yeah she put that real great yeah i know jennifer lawrence is mystique who else i knew i knew i i knew of professor x and magneto and then i knew of those two those two X-Men characters that were in Deadpool. So yeah. Uh, Colossus and um Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. Yeah. And she then, is fucking uh, insane. She is so badass. Yeah. But that yeah, but that's all that's where my before this movie, that's where my knowledge kinda um was. Because I've seen um first class. I've seen that more I've seen that but other than that, no. Anything else I know is just um, from what Walter would uh, tell me. <laughs> did you like First Class better than this one? Yes, I actually, yeah, I did. Was it the beach scene? The entire, the entire beach scene was insanely good. I feel like. I think for me, I liked that one more because, like, it started from like the beginning, beginning. So, like, um, the beginning of Professor X and Magneto or Eric. Eric. <laughs> So, like, you really, like, tell, like, the story of, like, Xavier and Eric. And so, cause I like a good origin story. Like, I like uh, I like knowing where this character comes from, like, why this character is the way it is and whatnot. No, I see that. When you were saying, like, how he kind of, like, it jumps into, like, so many people's stories. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Is Quicksilver in first class? It's been so long. Quicksilver. He, He's not uh, in... Evan Peters oh, played him, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't think he was in that one. What was the one where he like stops time and and like the? That's um. Shit. Which one is that? Is that Days of Future Past. I oh, think it, it is. He first appears in Days of Future Past in the X Men world. You win, Nolan. Get the points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start speeding things along here. I guess we'll just keep going with the characters, but. <laughs> if we do that there's not there's some characters that don't really do much in this movie uh first and foremost cyclops you, he's barely in this movie dude gets like three scenes which sucks because oh. I, I love cyclops so much as a, so the person playing cyclops what is it james what's his name madison madison james marston yeah marston like he just shows up like to me he just shows up and stuff and i'm just like huh He's in this movie. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like I'm not ever upset of seeing him, but it's just I'm always shocked to see him. Yeah, usually for me whenever he shows up I'm like, "All right, so where's the animated, you know, character? <laughs> Sonic, 
the the fucking Easter Bunny. Like you know, like, who who is he standing next to that's not actually there? But um, man, he's uh James Marsden. He's such a weird actor. I would say like I don't know where to really place him. He's just, like he just shows up. You're right. He just shows up and stuff. I mean, it shows that he's versatile because he just he's like. He was an X-Men, but then turn around, he's in Hairspray. Right. Turn around, he's talking to a a, a bunny. <laughs> turn around, he's a prince. Turn around, he's talking to Sonic. Like, what? Right. <laughs> turn around, he plays a friend. He plays John F. Kennedy. Oh, he did, didn't he? <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, he missed me in movies, bruh. He's like, oh, that's a script? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for a check. But yeah, he's... Because, like... Yeah, because he was also in that movie Sex Drive where he plays, like, the horny older brother. <laughs> so, ah, uh, yeah, he just kind of shows up and stuff. He's just... he's. I mean, he's good, which is, like, even for this movie, he's he's a good choice for Cyclops. It's just that he's not... Cyclops is not in this movie. <laughs> Cyclops, the character, is not... He gets, he gets one scene that I like, and it, it really spells out who Cyclops is from the comic books, and that's the scene where him and Logan are talking after... Uh, oh, yeah, Wolverine's name is Logan, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned that. but uh, uh, Or one of his names is Logan. But anyway, the scene where uh, Jean Grey like, reads his mind or tries to read his mind, and then like Cyclops is standing at the door, and they have that little back and forth. Like, that, that right there is Cyclops. Like, him being like, you know, uh, what does he say? You know... You're gonna hear. You're gonna tell me not to uh, mess with your girl. If I had to say that, she wouldn't be my girl. And then uh, some other stuff happens, but that's that's purely who Cyclops is. It's just like very calm, collected, but also kind of a snappy little bitch. Like he's, he's. I love Cyclops though. Cyclops doesn't get a lot of love these days because of one, because of how James Marston played him, and how the X Men movies have treated him, and it's not gonna get any better. But Cyclops is an iconic character. He's honestly like, if you want someone, you know, if you if you liked Captain America and if you liked Iron Man and you liked how their their whole little back and forth was going, um, t- if you want to like take that conflict and make it a, a whole another character, it's basically Cyclops. <laughs> That's basically Cyclops. How, how do you guys feel about Cyclops? Though I know, like I said, he's not in this movie much, but any any thoughts on this guy at all, Zarya? What Cyclops? Yeah. I mean, okay, so why is he called Cyclops? Because of the beams that come out of his He has the beam that come out of his eyes. But when I think of Cyclops, I just think of giants with one eye. Yeah, well, he's, he's called he's Cyclops because the beam that and... comes out is like one beam. Yeah, it's all. Even one. though with two eyes, it's one beam. The one so visor, it's Cyclops. Yeah. The yeah. visor on. Yeah. It's as though he's shooting through one eye. He could have been well, called Gazer Beam. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Beam. Like, because when know. I think of Cyclops, I think of a giant with one eye. And okay. so I thought, I thought underneath, like, the glasses, he would have had one eye. No, he has two. You, you child bullied. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you're overthinking this, Zarya. <laughs> I am. I am because I, I know I am. He has, and I blame fairy tales. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I think Fair it makes enough. it's not as you know it's not going to be like as marketable if he has like you know something something beam or punchy beam. 
because he, he just has so, like, I feel like I feel like something along the lines of Gazer Beam. He can't use Gazer Beam because that's a character in Incredibles, which is but, based off of Cyclops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, see, okay, so he could have used Gazer Beam. Okay, nah. well, no, no, Gazer Beam is very marketable, and I stand ten toes on it. Here's yeah, but the whole like one eyed visor look is really cool. Yeah, I do love the. His but it's not a one. But it it doesn't look like a one eye. This is a strip. <laughs> it does look like one eye. It's... It looks like a strip. <laughs> yes, that is a very only... long one eye. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's exactly. I I don't know. I feel like it works still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's okay. Like, it's kind of like you know he has to keep his eyes closed whenever he doesn't have it on. Yeah, so it's I... almost like a blindfold covering his eyes yeah i mean when superman uses his heat vision it, it comes out as one beam like kinchi or that character he's the blind guy from mortal kombat that has telekinesis yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll say this do you know how cyclops powers work because i feel like this is really fun doesn't he just um looks at something in pew pews yeah he can but like they're okay i'll say this his his beams are not lasers if that makes sense like they don't melt anything. It's not heat vision. What is it? Just light? Kind of, sort of, but not really. <laughs> so he has something called concussive blast. And essentially, okay. when he opens his eyes or when he uses his abilities, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. But basically, he's basically punching you with his face. <laughs> like it's It looks like a so laser. It's just, it's just a it force? Lo- yeah, it's more of a force. It's like a, it's kind of like if you take a, you know, if you take a train and then put two fists in front of it, that's kind of what it's like. Okay, so can other people see the beam or you just feel it? You just feel the force hit you? No, you see the beam. It's still light okay. attached to okay. it. Like, okay, but, yeah. I was getting confused. I was like, wait a minute, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not like Mr. Aizawa. He's not like from uh, My Hero where he just kind of like has to keep <laughs> his eyes open. But yeah. Erase your head. Yeah, he's, he's still... He, <laughs> <laughs> I just love that fact, though. It's just like people always kind of assume, and I think even these movies slip up and make it kind of seem like it's a heat vision. But no, it's literally like he opens his eyes and you're being hit by a wall. Like that's kind of how it is. And he can control the force and the impact of it all. And here, I love the fact that in this movie, you know, when Rogue is stuck in the seatbelt, he can turn the knob and narrow down the the vision. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah. His eye beams do. There's something weird with the X Men universe. I mean, I love the X Men a lot, but they do have like weird little explanations for things that are just way too convoluted. But some some of the superpowers come from like you know different dimensions and universes. You know, we mentioned this when we talked about uh uh Ileana Rasputin in a uh, in a uh, New Mutants and how she can teleport to a different dimension and then come back. Like, and you remember that, Sheldon? Yes, I do. Okay, yeah, that's kind of the same thing happening with Cyclops. His eye beams, the one they go two ways with with it. You can either be like he can charge with the sun, like that's where the source of it comes from, or his eye his eyes are literally connected to a different universe called the Punch or the yeah the Punch universe or the Punch dimension where it's just nothing but these blasts coming at people, like it's like a wasteland of these blasts coming out of nowhere. I go with the latter. I just like, you know, he charges with the sun. Like, his, his powers come from the sun. Um, also, but Cyclops is cool. His beams are never ending, so he never gets tired. He never, like, gets zoned out or, like, uh, 
he doesn't get like a headache or anything. They just just keeps him open and just keeps going and just destroys. But you wouldn't tell from this he movie. Can literally <laughs> someone. Yeah. He can literally like you know uh Zarya, you know remember how Ozai like in Avatar like he opened out his hand and boom like the entire forest was on fire. Yes. That's essentially how Cyclops's range can go. They can that like that's how powerful he is. And he's like that powerful all the time because Ozai was that powerful. I think during the uh, yeah during comet yeah no that's yeah. That, yeah Cyclops can take out an entire like forest in seconds. Okay, last question about him because um, y'all keep saying when he opens his eyes. So does he just walk around with, like his eyes closed? No. So the visor helps contain it, so he can contain his blast mm-hmm. by using ruby quartz. Uh, mm-hmm. They give him like ruby quartz sunglasses, or he has the visor. That's um, why they're uh, both red. Pretty cool glasses. Is this is this coming off? Uh, is this coming across to you there, Nolan? I'm just thinking. So the ruby quartz helps focus it, but it also helps contain it. So if he was put into a room of just a box of ruby quartz, and he was just let a blast off, would he just kill himself, <laughs> or just think- severely hurt himself? Or would he just like ex- yeah like what would happen <laughs> like would it just like bounce off all the ruby and just like create one giant explosion <laughs> or just like, would the beams go through it all? I feel like if or you it put can, him in or a... would it contain it? I don't understand. I think it would just contain it. He would just be like walking around normally <laughs> with just a laser coming out of his face. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't he use he uses the ruby quartz to shoot it out though to concentrate it though too as well, right? Yeah, like the visor releases it, like it, it contains, and then he presses a button and it releases it. If that makes oh, sense. Oh, that's that. Okay, that's what he was tapping the side of his uh yeah thingy for. Okay. Yeah, it it like releases. So if could he just contend? If he just continuously kept his eyes open, and just stored a bunch of energy inside the ruby quartz, would eventually could it eventually just like explode and just? <laughs> Damn, you really want to kill this guy, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, like, if this man just keeps storing energy inside this one little crystal and it blew up, it would be like a like, fucking hydrogen bomb or something. He's <laughs> thinking there's off. no way he could have unlimited power and it not come at some cost. <laughs> yeah, he's really looking for the, the loophole there. I mean, it's is it bad enough that he can't control it? <laughs> he needed to, like, he, he has I mean, to, like, switch out glasses glass every, like, 12 glass, hours. Yeah, everybody he needs to keep his eyes shut yeah <laughs> there's gotta be some comic out there that's just like someone exploits his powers for evil yeah um yeah Definitely. there's there's tons of storylines where that happens yes <laughs> cyclops is this he he's he has the purest heart though because he's the most righteous and it's just like he always gets used for some villain's plan it's like really bad in these movies that's what i'm saying like these movies you wouldn't this is not like like cyclops is badass i'm telling you he's like the worst aspect he is both like if you took the worst aspects of captain america and the worst aspects of tony stark that is cyclops this guy is a he's 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 righteous to like the 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 nth degree like this guy is very stubborn he's very tactical like he's a he's very good with stealth and uh and coming up with plans, which is why he's the leader. But like in the comic books, this guy is ruthless. Like if he sets his mind to it, he will get it done <laughs> with the, by any means necessary. This guy has no qualms. You know, Captain America doesn't like killing people. 
you know, Iron Man has the whole thing about protecting people. No, if you piss off Cyclops, he will take you out and will walk away. Which again, which is why I love Cyclops so much. Because like you can, he he's always seen as like the the good like the the Boy Scout essentially, and so he's being like I don't want to say groomed, but he's being like uh, brought up as Professor X's successor essentially. But in recent years, you see like him and Professor X have these like their relationship shifts on and off and Cyclops really what I like the most about Cyclops as a character is that he has like daddy issues and so Professor X he sees as a father figure he has his actual father who's like a space pirate and then he has Magneto and those three kind of like you know he bounces between those three and what you know who he trying to bounce that all all while his girlfriend keeps like dying and coming back and turning into a giant firebird and repeat you know so also he sleeps with a lot the, of trauma. yeah there's a lot of trauma <laughs> did i mention he was his powers you know took out his foster parents in an airplane crash like did i mention that story yeah like this guy's got a lot of stuff built up inside so it's kind of fitting that his eyes release a giant like you know murder beam at you <laughs> but yeah this movie doesn't really really represent him very well as a leader of the x-men even on the basic level and i that makes me sad i hope to god that whatever the MCU is doing, they make Cyclops the focal character. Please, Cyclops and Storm, to me, are the leaders of the X-Men. They're the ones, like, and they have a really saucy relationship. Like, they've slept with each other so many times. Um, I, I, I really hope they give them the spotlight because these movies do not really give these two characters the spotlight. And that's where we're going to move on to next. Storm, Halle Berry, <laughs> doing Ooh. a weird accent. <laughs> How we feel about Storm? I, I like the accent. Did you? Is yeah. It's very bad though. I thought it was elegant. <laughs> Honestly, this is on brand because anytime, anytime Shelton likes the accent, Walter hates it. Anytime Walter <laughs> likes the accent, Shelton hates it. It was. There's so never bad. an accent y'all just like together we, or dislike well, together. Jesus Christ. Not when it comes to movies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it was so bad. Just like, <laughs> you could enjoy it. Like, you could barely tell it was an African accent. It she wasn't was... Clarice bad. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> it was decent. Yeah, it wasn't even decent, really, though. Yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, fun fact, Angela Bassett was the original person considered for the role, but Halle Berry really? wanted it. Yeah. Which it wow, Angela Bassett looks more like Storm from the mm-hmm. comics, like just dark skin, and she has the you know, Angela Bassett, you know, she has face for days. Angela like, Bassett would have fucked that. Ooh, she would have, ooh, she would do real good on that role, and she really would have. That, that was a, she really would have been on that role, but Angela Bassett's just amazing, yes, yes, yeah, she is. But I think Halle Berry, aside from the accent, she does a fine job, she's not as uh, she's a little bit too shy. For me, like Storm is very confident, mm-hmm. so like she's a little bit too shy. She's kind of just in the back here. She's literally well, like, I know when she, she was when, when she went off on Toad and fucked him up. Yeah, that was when she felt like Storm. Definitely, but also like for me, they they dampened her down to just like, oh, she's not this goddess, but she's literally a science teacher, like that's or a history teacher, I should say. <laughs> She's literally Biology. a history teacher. She gives off that energy through the entire movie. No, she's teaching history in this movie. Is she? 
Yeah, she teaches. If you look at the the the, the chalk on the, it says she's talking about the Roman Empire. Wow, that is very disappointing. Yeah, it's Professor X that's teaching physics, which is like, I couldn't tell if Professor X was teaching or tutoring because there's only like five people in his class. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, sir, are you actually teaching? Like, are you just pulling a, a Mr. Feeney and, and just like teaching the people you like? Oh, uh, <laughs> From Boy Meets World. Yes, I'm still watching Boy Meets World. <laughs> still? But yeah, uh, Nolan, any thoughts on Storm? I just want to say that her one line, I don't even know how many lines she had in the movie. It feels, it feels like she didn't have that many. No, no, she had like three lines. You're right. She didn't have Yeah, <laughs> but like she had like her Star Wars unlimited power moment. <laughs> she snapped that man. Oh, she's yeah. definitely dead. Yeah. <laughs> she does realize she zapped him into the ocean with electricity. So he's probably just dead, dead. Yeah. Well, you, I guess now we know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning. <laughs> Do you know what happened to a toad when it's struck by lightning? He's like, ah, hanging on by his tongue, which is gross, by the way. I don't care, mutant or not. I'm not putting my tongue on the railing of the Statue of Liberty. Ew. He was gonna, he was gonna die of diseases anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. Oh, God. toad is just disgusting, though. He's one of the nastiest. Although the, the scene that always cracks me up, though, no matter what, is just when like there's a, he grabs a bird out of a tree, and it eats. It. <laughs> it's just like Hurr. yeah, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> and he goes lock, <laughs> and the bird goes ah. <laughs> it just cracks me up. I'm like ew. We just toe toe kicked their asses for a long time. He really did. <laughs> Like when he throws up on Jean Grey at the end. Ew. He almost killed Jean Grey with just spit. <laughs> oh, yo, that was so fucked up. He <laughs> spit on her face. That was nasty. <laughs> the way he did it, though, he just bleh, <laughs> threw it at her. She's like, ah! The weird little dance. <laughs> yes. Uh, this actor, Ray Park, you guys recognize him from anywhere else? He is is the actor behind the makeup of Darth Maul. (gasps) Hold on. Which is why he had the the, was why he had the pole and he was doing those little moves. Does he have the piercing in his ear still? I think he does in this movie, yeah. Yeah, because I think he was supposed to take the piercing out for Darth Maul, but he didn't, and that's why it's like now a symbol for him, a little uh little nod. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's he's a fun toad. He's he not as disgusting as the comic book character looks but he's still just disgusting <laughs> and uh he's good he's loyal although he does he he is definitely dead <laughs> like you were saying <laughs> he's definitely just a, a footnote in the ocean at the at the end of the movie here but he has some great moments <laughs> just climbing the walls i like the the moment again going back to storm like them in the train station where she's like trying to describe where uh Rogue is, and in the background, you just see Sabretooth throwing people. <laughs> just, I thought that was funny. And like Sabretooth, we haven't talked about him, but like Sabretooth in this movie, in this movie, looks just like like he is the comic book character. But also, he spends the entire movie just like caressing Storm's face, and I'm like, please stop, please stop that now. He's like, you owe me a scream. I'm like, oh god, no. Not also had like three lines. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. He also had like three lines. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they hinted at him with the uh, what's it called? The uh, 
uh, being related to Wolverine because he picked up the dog tags. Yeah, like he recognized, like he recognized it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is so weird because like only comic book people really know that stuff. So movie people be like, "Why did you take that?" <laughs> it's like, like eh, maybe a reward for beating him in battle or something like that. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, like a yeah. primal souvenir. Yeah. I kind of saw it as a um, cause like for me, I thought it was like we're gonna trick the audience and make them think that Magneto wants Wolverine, <laughs> and so that's why that was there. But turned, oh yeah, it's like a nice little fake out. He also gets a he also gets a few funny moments like where when Senator Kelly's like hanging off of the the cliff and he tries to grab him and then he grabs his tie and it rips and he's like and he just goes up with nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then Magneto locks him in the cell. And he immediately roars at him for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Or when he comes back after the first time trying to get uh, Wolverine and Rogue, and, and Toad's like, were you supposed to come back with someone? And he just goes, shut up. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, let's see. Job. Was really aggressive. For real, though. Senator Kelly. I don't want to spend too much time on him because I don't like this character, but I will say very comic book accurate. He is a villain and he's a well-known villain in the X-Men comics and in the movies, as you can see. Um, he is the central figure in Day of the Future Past. He's the the murder they're trying to prevent from happening um, by Pyro, but um, in that original comic book. But uh, he, Senator Kelly, he's he's fine here. He's he's he does he does the plot justice. He's fine. It's just like the I hate mutants guy. Like you know, nice little little. I don't know, Ted Cruz-like personality. I don't know. <laughs> less, less That's lazy. pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> less lazy. Because, uh, like, the crusade that he was on is pretty similar to, like, a lot of the crusades that certain politicians like to take, like, mo- most recently drag queens. Like, it gave the same energy. Yes, definitely. That speech, yeah. Also, uh, this movie just kind of ages itself because the entire plot is very comic booky. Just Magneto's entire plan is... Well, if they hate us so much, we're going to turn them into us with this machine. And I'm like, okay, so he went to the school of Innators from Doofenshmirtz, and that's where he got this machine from. Because <laughs> how does this work at all? <laughs> he, he uses magmatism to alter DNA. I didn't know magnets could do that. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you're just like, well, it's a comic book movie, so you kind of have to let it go. Let's see, who else have we not touched on? Oh, there's one. I'm saving her for last because she's the best character in the movie. But anyone else we want to just touch on? I mean, Iceman is also in this movie. Do you guys like Iceman at all? He has a lot more to do next time. (laughs) Where was he? Oh, wow. Okay, so you know how Rogue is in class with... uh, He's the guy that, you know, ices the the flower or the, the fireball and turns it into a flower. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's kind of just like the boy next door for Rogue. Yep, pretty much. That's it. But he still keep boy at school. Yeah, he gets a lot more to do in the next movie. Like he gets a a lot to do. So here he's just kind of introduced along with Pyro, who gets recasted later on. Also, um, I mentioned how Professor X was like again. I couldn't decide if he was tutoring or not, but. Uh, again, if you look at the chalkboard, and I'm, the reason I'm bringing this up is because he's talking about light reflection, and this is what happens when uh when they defeat Sabretooth at the end, uh, when uh basically Jean Grey uses Cyclops's visor to like blast um Sabretooth out, and that kind of saves them. But it's the whole the entire like 
diagrams drawn on the chalkboard behind them, so foreshadowing. Also, uh, the characters, there's a lot of these five characters that Professor X is talking to. Some X-Men mainstays, some really important characters. We have Iceman, like I said. We have Pyro, Jubilee, who's in the Asian girl in the yellow jacket. Very recognizable character. Very cool character. Um, Sheldon, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a uh, Native American girl in there. Uh, or an indigenous girl, I should say, in there. And that's Danny Moonstar slash Mirage, who was the main character in uh, New Mutants. Uh, she's wearing her... Oh, okay. Yeah, so she gets an early cameo here. She's wearing her out, a comic book outfit, too. Not the uniform, but... Yeah, I did not wears. notice her. And then the girl who walks through walls is Kitty Pride. <laughs> yeah, I did notice Kitty Pride, for sure. During uh, Senator Kelly's like rant, was that the girl he was talking about that walks through walls from Illinois? Yep. Okay. Exactly. I love Kitty Pride. Though. She's fun. Shadowcat's kind of like the audience. She's honestly, again, I was surprised they went with Rogue, but like, she's normally the audience surrogate. Like, she, that's who her character was built to be in the seventies uh, and eighties. Like, she's the the new teenager, and then in the nineties, the it became Jubilee who's also pretty cool. Jubilee, there's one thing I love about Jubilee is that her powers are actually pretty dangerous. <laughs> like, you know, people used to joke about, oh, I shoot fireworks from my hands. But yeah, if you ta- if you want to take a face full of fireworks, <laughs> you're not seeing the next day. You're, you're At least you're coming out looking like Freddy Krueger because in the comic book, she'd be fucking people up, man. <laughs> Still, like, what the hell? Why fireworks? <laughs> oh, it was... <laughs> I just... I'm telling you, if you read those comic books, people are being left with, like, burned faces the way she uses those powers. Like, there's one panel where she just, like, holds a guy down on the ground with her palm, with the palm of her hand on their face. And all it does is just pan up. And you just see, like, the light in the fire coming from her hands. And it's like, oh, my God. (laughs) She also became a vampire at some point. She was bitten. And then, or was she bitten? Yeah, she was bitten by a vampire and was, like, a vampire princess for a while. Kept her mutant abilities too, but then Wolverine had to kill her or re-kill her. Oh, uh, let's see. We pretty much gone through most of the characters. I, like I said, I'm saving the one I like the most for last, <laughs> <laughs> the big one. Uh, 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 do we like the final fight? This movie does not have a lot of action in it. I will say that. That's if the, another thing we can kind of add to this. That's just that's just because like Brian Singer or. I hate saying his name, but Brian Singer is not an action-oriented director, but so that's what the only ding, just like the major ding I would give this movie. It could have used a lot of more action scenes rather than just people sitting around staring at each other. Um, but the X-Men, for me, do the best when they are debating, and so you get a little bit of that here. Like I said, the next movie is a lot better, but um, yeah, yeah, just it could have used a lot more action. A lot more flipping around, a lot more powers. You know, X Men fight scenes are legendary in the comic books for me. Like their their fights, because everyone has such different abilities, you can do a lot with their powers. And so, a lot of these movies don't really do them justice. But when they work, they work. The, I, I'm you know I know people love the ending battle to End Game, but you know compare that to any other X Men battle in the comics, it what doesn't even compare to me. Because, like I said, you can just toss Wolverine at anything and it's shreds. Uh, or he just constantly gets his ass whooped. That happens sometimes too, but. Until he's impaled on something and can't escape. <laughs> <laughs> you had to bring it down, didn't you? 
Uh, that's why we have other characters, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's talk about the one, the only, the the main star of this movie, the best character in this movie, Mystique. Oh, boy. Don't we just mm-hmm. love Mystique? How we feel about Mystique, guys? For me, it was kind of interesting watching her in um, this movie because the Mystique that I know, and this is what I was talking to Nolan about earlier, um, the Mystique that I know is Jennifer Lawrence's uh, Mystique. Mm. Um, and so seeing her in this movie was a little different for me, but I still liked it, uh, because to me, this one kind of showed like what she can do as far as like in battle wise, she's a good fighter. In my opinion, she's really good. And like, I actually enjoyed her fighting scene with, um, it was Wolverine, right? Yeah. She fought Wolverine. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed that fighting scene. Most definitely, yes, yes. World-class martial artist right there. The character, not the actress. The actress was a model. She's good. Yeah, you're right. Uh, straight out of the comics. Uh, I, how do you feel about her being completely blue and naked, though? That's not from the comics at all. It's not? So in the comics, she usually runs around in, like, a white, like, dress and a white, like, bra. Or it's like a white sports bra type of deal, like a dress. Um, It's kind of like a cocktail dress that she altered. And then sometimes she'll wear like a black, uh, I think it's mostly in the 90s, but she wore like a black mini skirt and like a black top to go with it. It's like a, like a, and some black boots. And then sometimes she does walk around completely naked, but it was after these movies that they started doing that. In the comics, she just, she's just blue. It's just like really nice blue skin. But in the movie, they decided to go with scales to kind of help manifest her ability. If uh, I, I like the scales, but I, I don't know. I, I want to see how they would do it as just straight up like in the way the kind of cartoons did it was that she just kind of like morphs like she kind of just fades into another person or whoever she's imitating. But here it made a lot more sense of them just going like, oh, she's kind of overlaying. She's just shifting a skin over. I liked it, though. I like I like Mystique a lot. She's one of my favorite characters because she uh she gets into a lot stuff she also ages just as slowly as wolverine she was just born a little later hmm. she has children everywhere by the way oh. <laughs> yeah she's got kids running we around. support a hoe i guess yeah <laughs> you kind of have oh, to no. yeah you kind of have to oh, <laughs> i mean with those fighting skills hey oh yeah <laughs> It's kind of hard to not support it because it's like she's gonna beat me if I don't. So, <laughs> yeah, in the comics, she's <laughs> yeah in the comics she's known for her hand to hand combat. She's also a weapons expert, and yeah, she's she's, she's like a jack of all trades. Yeah, Man. a literal Swiss Army knife that can turn into anything. <laughs> hey, that's good to have on your side. Like, I would want her on my side too. Mm-hmm. Why Magneto keeps her close? All right. Um, I'm just trying to make sure we cover all some bases here. I know we didn't really talk about Jean Grey much, but she's barely in this movie. <laughs> Again, it's not yeah. a lot of action, so there's not a lot of things to talk about. I do like the the Statue of Liberty battle, though. It just it's a little slow, but I like it. Uh, Rogue gets her iconic white streak. I don't know if anyone caught that. I did. Because yeah. when I, I saw her, that's why I didn't know that was her until I, they said her name. So I'm like, where's the? I thought she had like the white streak. Little the white skunk tail, yeah, or skunk stripe. 
Yeah, in the comics, she's just born with it. That's kind of an early sign that she's a mutant, that they kind of just like, oh, she's just, you know, she's got a little white streak. But here, I do like the fact that it's because she absorbed Magneto. And again, it shows you if she hangs on long enough, she can retain what she gets from you, if you're, especially if you're a mutant. So I do like that detail. It also seems like, or I guess she is less likely to kill mutants than she is to kill um, humans. Like humans, like, bam, they're dead, just about. But mutants, they sustain a bit more. She's she's a really cool character. If you if I just really wish they would have let her be more, but she's she's cool. All right, um, I think we should wrap things up now. Just like this movie is very basic, I'll say. So, turning it to you guys, starting with Zarya, do you recommend X Men from two thousand? Yeah, I do. It's pretty cool. All right, what about you, Nolan? I would recommend it if you're going back to it. Though I definitely. <laughs> lower your expectations on what you expected it as like compared to like seeing it like when you were younger and then nowadays it's definitely aged (laughs) but i recommend it and shelton oh definitely it's a good introduction man i had to think about this for a minute after watching it do i recommend this first movie like i said it's not my favorite out of the franchise but i do enjoy rewatching this one i think i rewatched this first movie the most out of all of them honestly aside from apocalypse but that's for a different reason um, but yeah, I recommend it. It's the X-Men. I'm, I can't. How, how do I not recommend this movie? It's great. It's a nice introduction to the characters and the franchise. And it's a nice adaptation of the general, like, basic info of X-Men. You, there's a lot of Easter eggs in here. There's a lot of foreshadowing. I do think the overall plot <laughs> is stupid. But I just chalk it up to comic books. Like, I can get past it. Kind of like how I can get past the past most of the you know, MCU movies just you know it's stupid but i'm enjoying it but you know magneto trying to turn the world's leaders into mutants by using magnets is uh it's not science i know that for sure so <laughs> uh, but other than that it's great mystique is great wolverine everyone's everyone's doing a good job with this first movie I don't like storm's accent though but um it gets better or it, or i should say it, it goes away as the movie as the movies develop <laughs> Um, quick mention I'll have here. Uh, I do love the how this movie ends with Professor X and Magneto playing chess in Magneto's plastic prison. Which number one, where do you find the tools to make an entirely plastic prison? And where is that? I was wondering about that bridge. Yeah, like so much. <laughs> what the fuck is the floor made out of? <laughs> how are they? How are they holding things up? Uh, how are they stable? <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll get more of the plastic prison and its mechanisms in the next movie. Next time we're tackling, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more of it. We're we're tackling uh, X two X Men United. This is regarded as one of the best comic book movies of all time. So we'll see if that holds true. I hope to have you guys back for that episode because um, I wanted to talk more X Men with you guys. There's a lot more uh, explanation and characters in X two that leads me that leads me into specific comic book storylines so i can't wait to talk about that um but yeah until then thank you guys for joining me for this episode it's great having you guys back nolan welcome to season five it's been a while since we heard from you i'll be back for season six (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah just one episode per season (laughs) he's that guest star (laughs) all right zarya i hope that this introduction to the x-men has piqued your interest 
Yeah, it has. Like I said, my goal, and again, I hope you come back for X2, because my goal is that I know you're not a Marvel person, but the X-Men largely are separated from the Marvel Universe. Like, they're connected, but they don't really, they, they honestly just kind of leave the X-Men out of all the things. Like Sheldon was saying earlier, they kind of just show up randomly and it's usually be like, well, why didn't no one tell us what was going on? <laughs> it's kind of how they, yeah, they don't, they don't really fuck with the X-Men, but I hope that you are interested enough to see this corner of the Marvel universe as something valuable because they are very similar to like the teen Titans. Like if there was anything I could relate them to, it is like a mix of teen Titans and young justice. That's kind of what the X-Men are. I could definitely see the young, like I can see the, um, the kind of the parallels that young justice and X-Men have, um, as I was watching the movie. Definitely. Yeah. You'll get a lot more of it next to even a, even a Connor Kent type character, actually. So we'll, we'll see. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's been a nice episode here. I can't wait to talk about more X-Men. Like I said, I'll, I'll probably be a lot more enthusiastic when we get to X2 because that has some of my favorite stuff in it. But until next time, remember, we're the future, not them. They no longer matter. <laughs>